0: 3
1: What's up everybody and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts, my name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today from deep in Tokyo, Japan, or is it Osaka? It kind of depends, is none other than Mr. Jamalias. How are you doing, sir?
2: i'm doing very good fred it's good to be back here in tokyo i think i was here for the yakuza podcast as well yeah i so, know so well, I we like, keep uh,
1: flying you out because uh i have yeah. a family and uh and 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 they uh they refuse to let me go anywhere so um this yeah little, uh, steel ball and chain i've got over here is preventing me from
2: traveling the world <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh how you doing man i'm doing very good fred thanks for having me on again yes Bro.
1: yes uh by the way any pixelated pints listeners uh Fear not, the jefe hath been found. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I had already committed to an evening of finishing Orange is the New Black. So it was just a little too late. Uh, it was post when the show was supposed to start, and I just could not throw everything together at once. But we will continue next week. But that's not what this show is about. The show is about retro stuff. And this week is a very exciting topic, which is Data East, um, mm. as requested by listener chatter reader cy one so cy one this is for you i hope we do it justice but looking at the research that jam and i did together i think we'll be okay hopefully no <laughs> so uh anyway uh anything interesting going on with you this week man
2: well I, I've well, I've met, I've gone into YouTube stardom, Fred. i I'm, one of my photos was featured on the most recent LGR episode. Oh, which it Which yeah. is Good <laughs> not, for you, hardly a claim to He does a series. I mean, obviously, we've mentioned him before on the podcast. He kind of is a bit of a retro guy. He he did um quite some great reviews on the microcomputers, yeah, uh, as well as um, other stuff. But he does a series called LGR Thrifts, where he literally goes out to thrift stores and and I twit I twist him a picture of what I found once, and he actually featured it on his last episode. That's so fantastic. I was like. I was like, "Oh, that looks familiar. Oh, it's mine. It's
1: my picture." <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, and I try to watch lazy reviews as much as I can, but uh, I haven't uh, been catching up too much because um, I we'll talk about it on this show. But thanks to the Data East research, I I, I fell into a wormhole of a new retro gaming
2: site. <laughs> so, Actually, <laughs> yes, I did.
1: So, uh, so we'll talk about it. But uh, but good for you, man. Congrats. Yeah.
2: It's so. a nice surprise. It's a nice surprise. It made my day. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I, I, I didn't expect it to like go on his on, his, on, the, on the on his show or anything. Um <laughs> the other thing I thought you'd find quite interesting Fred is um something that I picked up recently for very cheap. I I I've i never found this copy of this port before. Um this is referencing your famous YouTube video of Mortal Kombat. I found mm-hmm. the Game Boy version of Mortal <laughs> Kombat. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and actually I uh I I have uh recently uh had somebody offer to give me a Game Boy version. I just really? don't want to
2: recut that video. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, that game. It's, I didn't I, I heard that it was bad, but when you actually play it. Oh you think... man. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: No, no, no. It was uh <laughs> it was it was not the the best version of that. Although yeah, it, one could argue that I also didn't feature uh the best version of that game which was the Amiga version. So, um uh, but since yeah. I'm not going to get an Amiga and figure out how to convert RGB SCART Lot. into something I can capture. <laughs> yeah, that'd <laughs> be nuts. That'll be nuts. <laughs> yeah, but uh but yeah, yeah. I I I did see that and um I actually – I have a Super Game Boy, and I saw that there is a new uh, Game Boy flash cart, which means I can mm. do captures of, like, the Game Boy versions of the Resident Evil unreleased demos oh. and stuff. And so That'd I was thinking about, yeah, getting that for that stuff. The other thing I can do is obviously um, uh, uh, is is capture some of my games I have where some unfortunate circumstances have happened, such as uh, um, my uh, – well, my link's awakening uh the battery died on it, and I bought I it on three d s but there's no good way so I can play it, but there's no good yeah. way to capture a three d s game um easily so mm. ah, there you go see heck to <laughs> Fort and and guard <laughs> and it seems that the <laughs> it's it's not looking good. Mm. <laughs> we have a consensus that it's not looking good uh so i e may not want to pick it up for the game boy um.
2: Uh, eh- Everybody petitioned now for Fred to do it on a Retro Friday. <laughs> I know, I should. And just talk about how <laughs>
1: shitty it is. Just just hate on it. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, so yes, so yes, uh, um, so there's that. But uh, the other thing is, uh, if you guys want to know, is uh, uh, the Retron 5 came out around here. Yeah, It's in stores, like actual retail stores around here, Ma and Pa stores. And it's selling for a pretty penny. Uh, I don't know what you guys are selling for. I heard the the retail price is supposed to be a hundred bucks, and then they changed it to one forty. I'm guessing that is just a internal components. Things have been fluctuating in terms of internal components, and now that HDMI is the big hotness, there's actually a demand for it. So I think HDMI ports are probably more than they had originally conceived. Uh, there's a couple of other circumstances that are costing them some money. I heard that the Android uh, back end license for a little bit more than they had planned as well, but. It is out and it is playable. Uh, at one forty, but you're never gonna find it for one forty. Local stores around here are selling it for about one hundred seventy and they've been selling Ooh. pretty well. And on Amazon yeah. you're talking more like two hundred or more. Yeah. And I think that almost makes sense. I do think that dem- demand should equal supply. I know people are kinda butthurt about it, but we're really talking about retro stuff. And this Retron 5 is apparently does everything you want it to do. You know, it's got all six formats the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Normal. Super Mm. Nintendo, Super Fami, Mega Drive, Genesis, and uh, Nintendo, Famicom. Plus, I do believe it's compatible. I know it's Super Game Boy compatible, and I'm pretty... I know it plays everything because it's emulation and not actual playthrough. I just don't believe Sega CD... Well, I know Sega CD won't work because there's no way to hook it up. But I don't believe 32X is going to work either. Um, Mm. But who knows? It might. I don't know. Um but uh, either way, I did not pick one up, though, because I do not have a need to put it on an HD TV. I have a 38-inch tube television that I play my retro games on that's standard def, but it also has 480p with components, so fake HD. <laughs> and it also does 640 by 480 resolution through uh, VGA, so with a VGA box, I'm able to achieve some some higher end stuff on uh, a lot of consoles that did that, which is mostly, you know, Sega consoles have those adaptations yeah. made for them. Um, but so I didn't have a reason to grab a Retron Five other than reviewing it, and uh I don't know. I think if you want that console, you definitely know it's here. Uh, <laughs> but I did get a chance to look at it, and the gray one looks fucking ugly to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those controllers so- are terrible. <laughs>
2: So, Cy wants disappointed that it's not Jaguar compatible. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it!
1: Uh, I know, I know, right? <laughs> they're working on the Retron Six. Of course, they're working on the Retron Six. It's Hyperkin. Hyperkin has been selling me cloned consoles since like nineteen, or well, since like two thousand and four. I want to say, uh, but uh, but yeah, it, yeah, they are working on it. Um, but the <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do a, a Jaguar playthrough once I yeah. a Jaguar playthrough once I finally get through all of the uh, the Sega CD stuff. But since I'm moving at a snail's pace on that, I wouldn't hold my breath, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so that was the Retron. Um, didn't pull the trigger on that, uh, but what are you going to do? Um, instead, I bought a ten dollar DLC, and oh, and yeah. I've been buying a ton of shit. Actually, I do want to talk about it, and I guess. We'll use it yeah. to kind of weave into – well, we'll do news in a minute. But uh, uh, if you guys are in the chat and want to check it out right now, or I'm going to post this show actually tonight in the feed, so hopefully you feed listeners will uh, will have access to it right away. There is an awesome sale going on on Good Old Games. It's been going on for a while, but this oh is the yeah. end of it. Yeah, where they're it's doing finished. lightning stuff. Right now you can get Torchlight absolutely free. You just sign in and, and click on it, and it's free. Um, but they've got a bunch of really cheap games, and of those games, as per popular demand, and we'll be talking about. There was an ongoing discussion this week between Jam, myself, uh, what was it, guard, and <laughs> who was the last person who was probably oh, and Alan Phoenix. Jeez. That's it. Yeah. Um, about uh, the uh, Blood Omen games, the Legacy of kane series, mm-hmm. and I have not played any of them. Shock, <laughs> amazement, out, disapproval. Yeah. <laughs> So, I did pick up, I had exactly $6.17 in my American PSN account, and I grabbed the PS1 original Legacy of Kane Blood Omen. And, uh, I will be starting that, uh, after our other announcement. Um, and then, uh, I did buy, I have Soul Reaver on, um, the Dreamcast, and I have, what is it, Blood Omen 2 on the PlayStation 2? Is that the one I have?
2: Uh, like, yeah, probably or Soul Reaver Two or it's Defiance not Soul Reaver Two, and it's not Defiance, so it
1: was Blood so Omen bland. Two. Yeah. Um, so I have those that on PS Two, and then on good old games, I picked up Defiance, Soul Reaver Two, and there's a fifth one.
2: Uh, I don't know what the fifth one. Fifth is. one.
1: Yeah, there are five games in the series, believe it or not. Oh, well,
2: there's, uh, well, there's Blood Omens, the first one, on the PlayStation 1. Then there's Soul Reaver on PlayStation 1. Then there's Soul Reaver 2. There's Blood Omen 2 and Defiance. Oh, it's, it's oh anyway. Defiance. Okay, yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. Okay, I bought two games. Yes, I bought two <laughs> games. Okay, I got it all figured out. Um, oh, hold on. I bought this thing last week. Let's see what he bought. Ah, there's a uh, Tiger Claws telling me all about the lovely Ninja Turtles stuff. Yes, I did buy that DVD box set as well. It's fantastic. But for those who want to jump at it, a Turtle Van included 23-disc DVD set of the entire Ninja Turtles 80s series run for eighty two ninety eight, which is good. That's about what I paid for it uh, on an Amazon sale. So uh, I would jump and grab that. Um it got re-released, fantastic. So I guess it went out of print, fantastic. Um, but yes, so I picked those up. I also grabbed Voodoo Vince because uh, I have not forgot, <laughs> yes. uh, or not Voodoo Vince. Uh, I did pick up uh, a Voodoo Vince, but what's the uh, what's the other Voodoo one that was on PS2 and Xbox? It wasn't Voodoo Vince. Voodoo Vince is the cartoon sure? one. Shadow there's Man. Shadow Man is what I'm thinking. Oh, Shadow Man. <laughs> Shadow Man right now is a buck fifty. And all the, uh, the Blood Omen games are three bucks. And from yep. what Furtengard says, they run great on, uh, PC. Yep. So, um, so that's that, but there's also a lot of crazy other things. And basically all the games are like two to three bucks on the flash yeah, sale and like three to cheap. five on the non-flash sale. So yeah, if you're looking to grab some old DR, DLC stuff, um, or some, some old retro DRM free yeah. stuff is what I meant to say. Definitely jump at it right now. I saw that the seventh guest, eleventh hour uh, combo yeah, yeah. are buck <laughs> fifty a piece or something. So, and Torchlight's obviously free. So, they're going to be doing that for the next twenty four hours. So, if you get to hear this before Wednesday night, go check it out. And Jam did point out that they do adjust for euro price, Europe prices. Yep. So, you don't have to Maybe. pay the high
2: premiums. Uh, that, they're that good, they're good to not, us over so. here. Yeah, there you go. So, good
1: for GOG. Um, Steam sale has been interesting, but uh, I own a lot of shit already, so I figured why not go into the back catalog. And what I yep. love about GOG is unlike Steam, everything's guaranteed to run on what they say it will run on. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um,
2: there's that. That's rm free of course, which is huge. So, you can, you know, you keep it. For, Ooh.
1: Yes, yes, that is too. You can just basically put it on a pen drive and transfer it to all your computers or bring it with you if you want to play it elsewhere. Uh, also, Fortengard says, fun fact, Blood Omen 2 started life as Chaken the Forever Man 2, which yeah. is a great uh, Genesis Mega Drive. So that's cool. You know what I'll do before we do that episode, which it'll probably take us like a year to get to that episode. But <laughs> Once we do the, the the Legacy of Kane games, uh, I'll play Chaken the, the week before. Uh, or chalkin', depending Chain. on how you, yeah. Chakan. <laughs> Is it chakan? Okay, see? That's, what I it was. That's how Americans pronounce shit. <laughs> Merca. Uh, so have you <laughs> played any of these games?
2: Clearly, it seems like you've played Blood Omen at least one. I played, uh, um, I, I haven't... I haven't finished any of them but I've played probably a bit of all of them. <laughs> so okay. uh, I played uh,
1: Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver because when the Dreamcast yeah. came out it was kind of like a launch game for it or near it and it looked just as good as the uh, the PC version. So that was like the big claim to fame. Was that it was basically running the Windows 95 or 98? No, it was 98 or ME or whatever. It was running that version on the Dreamcast, so. Mm. And it does work with the 640 by 480 VGA box.
2: Yeah, there you go. So that's cool. Um, it's a great series. That I've, always, I've always wanted to revisit it and, um, because it's one of those ones that, because there's always that um, kind of talk of, um, well, there was that rumor as well. And I don't know if might know this too, but they were going to reboot this. I don't know if it's going to be a reboot or a proper sequel for the next gen consoles, or at least for the 360 and the PS3, but it never happened. Uh, so it's kind of one of those series that I doubt we'll probably see again. So it'll just mm-hmm. be what we have. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely worth, definitely worth a Well,
1: podcasts. I don't know, with Silicon Knights doing so well after Two Human 3, uh, hey, yeah, like, course. we yeah. should be fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, you know what, somebody told me something that was pretty depressing and I guess I are, I always knew this, but, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, Fortengard, <laughs> We can't be trusted. We're talking about when it's our own language, the Western language. <laughs> I
2: appreciate he calls us amigos. <laughs> yes,
1: there we go. See? See? Uh, guard actually knows how to pronounce all of this. Uh, but uh, um, I, somebody recently told me, you do know the only because uh, th- it's debatable if uh, Blood Omen 1 is a, a good Silicon Knights game. I've heard it's their best, but uh, yeah, obviously their yeah. most popular is probably... um uh, was... eternal darkness sanity's requiem and a lot of people go you do know that nintendo supervised that project right so nintendo <laughs> was literally in there holding a candle under their asses and giving them feedback that's probably why you know <laughs> they uh they worked out so well <laughs> so that is a depressing but probably accurate uh sentiment so anyway um but the reason i haven't started on those yet was because i started spyro two days ago so i'm about mm-hmm. two hours into spyro um Bit more family friendly, yeah, a little bit, A little bit. But I've been playing <laughs> it on the on the. I've had to play it on the PSP. It doesn't even Vita convert. Where you download it oh, to really? the PS3 and try to move it over to the Vita, it doesn't allow you to do that. So, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway. Um, but, uh, Mr. Andrew, aka the man with good taste, uh, and he'll get that. Um writes in with an email that says alrighty let's get started first let me give you some thoughts on the role of story in a game for me personally I have no real desire to play a game with no story the only exception is iNinja all the games I have possess a plot of some sort and most of them have plots that are really good. I wouldn't get why I like stories in my, or wait, I won't get into why I like stories in my games, but instead explain what a good story can do. A good story presents you with characters you care about and mysteries you want to solve. Those are your reasons to keep playing when a gameplay portion is balls hard or not that interesting. I never care about beating hard games if there's no story to reward myself at the end. I would unlock the behind or sorry, I've never beaten Jack 2. I would have never beaten Jack 2 if not for the story that captivated the 16-year-old me. I would have never beat beat it on hero mode if I didn't want to unlock the behind the scenes material that has to do with the story and characters I love so much I've heard notoriously about Jack 2 and another shame of the world I've never played any of those games uh, this is sorry this is Fred's commentary I've never played any of the Jack and Daxter games and I know Jack 2 oh. is the big one um, <laughs> that is very polarizing for fans of the series uh, but I do know those are in, who are into it I mean it's so fucking ingrained in them and i'm wondering if they were nice enough in the hd versions to give us uh that behind the scenes bonus stuff unlocked because i hear i'm never gonna play it or i'm never gonna beat it in hero mode um but they didn't in god of war in order to play cod of war you have to (laughs) uh beat god of war uh the way you're supposed to but anyway back to his email Um, a distant cousin of a good story would be style and atmosphere. And I'm all over that. Two of my favorite games, The Curse of the Were Rabbit, which, side note, I have played and is great. And Asterisk and Obelisk Kicks Buttocks, or Kick Buttocks, have a good, uh, have good story and style, Rabbit. And great atmosphere, Asterix. The great music adds to the atmosphere as well. Well, obviously, side note. My attention is definitely heavily into music, the music side of gaming. But uh, anyway, Um okay. Now that I'm done with that, let me get back to Spyro. I'm a little surprised to hear you've never played the three games since you said that you like to collect anything with talking animals in it. Well, I would like to say on a postscript to that,
2: Andrew, I do
1: own all the Spyro games. I just have not played them. This is a common consistency with me. Um, I I may, (laughs) yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, But no matter, there still is a possibility you'll play them someday and do a game club episode. However, as I mentioned before, the version of Spyro Three on PSN is crappy. It is not the original rushed. er, It is the original rushed, unfinished that was first released. The Greatest Hits release features the fixed bugs and all the missing music, and all the that features the fixed bugs and all the missing music is not there. I own the disc, two copies in fact, just in case, and I'm more <laughs> than happy to uh, s- supply you with a copy of it. I'm kind of changing what he said there, but uh, it's no matter. Um, I could send you the soundtracks to the games to use in an episode already, or if you're interested, already ripped and ready for sharing, tell me what you think. And last but not least, there's something you absolutely must check out. It is a YT channel, a YouTube channel, that is dedicated to some game retrospectives, mostly older ones. I think the girl does a magnificent job. Her username is TheGameDirect. That's The with a capital T, Game with a capital G, Direct with a capital D. All, no spaces. All pushed together. If you, if you have to watch it, you have to watch at least one of her retrospectives. I recommend Crash Bandicoot or Metroid. Anyway, have fun. I did look into this, and she is fantastic, and I do recommend people uh, look into them. Um, As somebody who felt he was pretty well-versed with both Crash Bandicoot and Metroid, and I've watched about five of her videos, um, she's very entertaining, and I think that's what matters most. Um, But getting back to Spyro, it's interesting he mentions that. I do have all three on the PSN. However, I was looking over some old... um, PlayStation games I have in my closet from when my sister sold her PS1. Like, my littlest sister had a PS1 she played through high school, like in the 2000s. And she uh, she had some games uh, that she got growing up. Like, the PlayStation 1 was kind of like the Nintendo of, you know, yeah. of people who grew up, like, you know, 10 years after me. And uh, she had three games. She had Rugrats. She had SpongeBob SquarePants. And believe it or not... She had Spyro Year of the Dragon, the Greatest uh, Hits version. <laughs> so I do end up, through dumb luck, owning that game already, the right version. Um, so I think I'm good. Uh, and as far as the soundtrack goes, I think I'm good there as well. Especially for Year of the Dragon, you can rip it. It's it's Red Book Audio or Yellow Book Audio or whatever. It's, it's, it's a format where the first track is um, Data and the rest of the tracks are soundtrack. So... I was I was fine doing that. But we'll look more into that. We're not going to do a game club on it. However, we are going to do... Uh, Jam and I are going to go over the original trilogy once we get through it. Which yeah. I'm, I'm hoping... I would not say the end of summer. I'm just not moving through games that fast. Uh, and I've got a lot of uh, on my plate as far as game playing. But we'll get there. And I'm playing them portably. Yeah. But since I know I'm going to play Year of the Dragon on an actual tangible PS1... That's going to slow me down a little bit. Yeah. So anyway... Um, I mean, but, I've got uh, the, um,
2: I've got, I've also, I was gonna say, chime in there, I've got the, but same as you've read by Dumb Luck, I also have a disc copy of, um, Spyro Year of the Dragon, over here it's called Platinum Hits. Right. Um, but I've got that as well, so it is kind of just like, so it's quite, quite lucky for both of us, actually.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I looked online and it's, it is very cheap to get Year of the Dragon, especially the greatest yeah. hits version, so, I believe that's the third one. It's gotta be, cause mm. the second one's just simply yeah. called Spyro 2, uh, with a, with a subtitle. Um, so, Uh, that's, that version is very clearly the version to play. So, um, whenever I hear original, rushed, and unfinished, uh, (laughs) that's kind of the trifecta where I probably don't want to play that version. This was pre-patching, kids. So.
2: This is, this is before Bethesda released Fallout 3. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly.
1: This is, and this, apparently they were able to re-release it with some stuff fixed, which is great because my copy of Samurai Showdown that would love to see me beating the game is not uh, working but uh, anyway so thank you for the feedback um the other one i wanted to mention real quick was we got a shout out from a developer um and i wanted to mention it yes definitely oh man there was a lot of conversation over the weekend here we go i want to mention his name though oh wow he doesn't even follow me that's fantastic I don't mean that as a dick move. I'm, I'm dead serious. <laughs> so black shell games. Oh, I bet the developer follows me and, and not black shell games. That probably makes sense. Black shell games is responsible for sanctuary RPG and, uh, or for short SRPG. And they reached out to me and said, uh, you know, Hey, um, we've got this game. We think it's up your alley. Um, and, uh, it'd be awesome if you'd like to play it and review it for us. Um, I've looked it over. I'm definitely going to review it. And, Jam, if you're interested in doing the same, I need to put in some more time with it. Uh, definitely. It's a long it, – it's it's – what is it? It's an ASCII roguelike, but a real ASCII roguelike. Um, mm-hmm. So all of the images are in ASCII, um, and it, like rogue, is really like, you know, plus eight dexterity strength. It's, it's a Dungeons & Dragons role, basically, with ASCII graphics as a dungeon crawler. And it's free. Anyone can go check it out and play it for free. Um, I would be uh, amiss if I didn't at least uh, try to give out the uh, the uh, <clears throat> URL. So it's blackshellgames.itch.io forward slash SRPG. And, of course, it'll be in the show notes. But go check out Sanctuary if you want to. It's a free really clever roguelike and uh i'd love to uh i'd love to play it and uh, review it but i'm gonna because it's already out and because it's already gotten plenty of uh, critic attention, I want to really give it the time it deserves. And and again, Jam, if you want to do a you know a two person, he said he said you know kind of thing or our takes like Jam's take, Fred's take, yeah. I'd love to do something like that. So um, you know, again, I'll probably give it some time, but uh, definitely want to pimp the game out and let you guys go check it out for yourself, especially if free. There's no risk involved, and uh, I wanted to thank them for for, uh, giving the shout out and maybe we'll even have them on, you know, to talk about the game as like an extra credit or something. So, um, so yeah. watch for that. But again, it's all very early, but, uh, I really thank them for, for reaching out to me. And it's cool to see that, you know, it is really very much a community. And this is, you know, um, there, there's only been a handful of developers that have reached out to GH 101 and this is one of them. So I definitely want to give them credit. So thank you for supporting me. I will do what I can to support you. Um, all right. Well, I guess without further ado, would you like to get into some news? Some news? Yes.
2: <laughs> well, as always, because we're in, po- we're still in kind of post E3 mode. there's not a huge amount of news going on, but Fred's already kind of mentioned the big one, which is obviously the five. Um, but other news, which is it's this is funny, funny, the cause, big um, one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, because uh, arcade outsiders is on tonight, so I thought we might be sitting in spotlight a bit in case they were going to cover this. But Primal Rage Two. It's actually um, ma- managed to make an appearance in an arcade somewhere. Well, mm-hmm. specifically, it's in um, it's in the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Brookfield, Illinois. Um, there's, I believe I could be wrong on this, uh, so I'm going from what I've read in the news articles. Uh, there's only apparently two um, like prototypes in existence or something of this PCB. Um, well, And I and don't even know if it was a prototype, was it? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And the reason, you know why it's in Illinois, right? Was that because
1: I grew up <laughs> right by Midway Midway was in the heart <laughs> of the north side of Chicago and John and I both grew up in suburbs of Chicago and mm-hmm. um, and that's where a lot of the Midway stuff was going on plus it didn't hurt that EGM was out there as well I, I basically grew up d- up the street from EGM without knowing it um, and uh, and so when Midway wanted to test it they would find major arcades and Brookfield, uh, is known because they've got a very popular zoo, and they are somewhat close um, to. Um, they are somewhat close to to Chicago, and the Galloping Ghost is a fantastic arcade. Um, mm. I you know uh, I don't know if you've seen the. Oh, actually, you did see the joystick article. That video yeah. kind of shows off some of the awesome pinballs he has. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, that's what I was looking at.
1: <laughs> and as a fan of uh, a classy game like this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I perked right the fuck up when you posted this. <laughs> so. Classy, yeah. Oh, I love it. I don't know, but it's interesting, though, because obviously um, it kind of tied... I was going to tie it kind of into our last show as well of yeah. unreleased games, because this didn't officially get a release. This wasn't released. Um, no, but it was
1: Midway, I think, and so that's why you yeah. saw it out there.
2: Mm. Oh, it's great. It's good that they've done that, though. They've actually So people can now actually play this game um, at this arcade. Um, whether well, it's actually, any good or not is in there i didn't read the article um well what i think the backstory to it was it was um they had to get some funding or something to they, they brought their pcb um oh, okay. to be to be put in the ask to be put in the arcade i, I could be wrong this is just mm. from this is what i read on on the news no, no, article. no that was just my um, assumption
1: so sorry yeah. then they they may have gone out of their way to get it um but they, but they went through sort of
2: fund, crowdfunding as well, so they used sort of the crowdfunding to get the money to buy the board. Now they put it in the arcade, put it in a its own kind of. Well, it's not really a dedicated cab, is it? Because it's kind of it's, it's being kind of. Yeah, he pieced it a. together
1: with a Primal yeah. Rage cab, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean,
2: I, the, the, well, the, thing, the sad thing about the story where well, it's not really sad. It's just they, they don't really go into much detail of why like, is it is it a full game or is it just a prototype? It's not. They don't really give you much about about it. Really, you just say that they have it. <laughs>
1: how much interest are do you have in the actual story (laughs) (laughs) um basically uh it, it dealt with um uh a bunch of uh a bunch of like the gods coming back but uh um but basically uh from my understanding uh they did have uh a complete finished rom um and i think the other guy who has it is um surprisingly enough went to the california extreme which is yeah. the big arcade show which is where a lot of games you won't find anywhere else like beavis and butthead and gallagher show their their faces and uh from my understanding from my understanding it's um it's uh it's absolutely like uh sorry um it's uh it's complete complete yeah uh okay. and and maybe not complete in terms of the actual game mode um, but definitely all the fighters are in there. That's impressive. And it's it's somewhat interesting that Sirius Comics, uh, who did the Dawn series, if you're ever a collector of Joseph Michael Lizner, um, uh they did a, a series called Primal Rage Avatars in uh, 97. And uh, the plot of that is the entire plot of Primal Rage 2. Mm. So if you really need to know the plot, it's available <laughs> in book form. <laughs> so
2: there you go but, uh, anyway so uh, next news story then um, this one this, this is me sort of scrounging for a so I didn't do, did you know that there was a Sonic 2 HD remake Fred fan, fan made I know they were trying to make it <laughs> uh, well so I didn't it was... think it had uh, it had it had made its way but am I wrong <laughs> well uh, the, the quick backstory to it so there was this fan sort of fan made Sonic 2 HD remake They they even released like a demo for free online which people could play? It was just the first level, um, and everyone was like quite sort of excited about it. But then, uh, obviously, with these fan made things because they are free, uh, right. people fight. Had, people had problem, There's problems with the development, and they just cancel the project. But then, a fan of the fan made project <laughs> made an engine. <laughs> made an engine for it, and, and now the project's back on track. Which I just thought is just kind of funny, really. Yeah. <laughs> I actually
1: I love when stories like this come together. Yeah.
2: Um, it's interesting that they're choosing Sonic too. Um, but I mean, it's cool. I mean, this is not this story is obviously not uncommon. there's a lot, of, there's loads of fan translations, like as as Fred has mentioned before, like the Resident Evil fan translations with the Resident Evil Two. Uh, yeah, but that's remake. never
1: come out, so I would love to see yeah. it come out. Um, you know, the Resident Evil Two specifically running in the Resident Evil Four engine. Um, yeah, which is fantastic. So, <laughs> uh, can I say something that's mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> sure. I, I don't think it improves the graphics enough to wow me. It just looks like they kind of. It, it, it looks like actually, if Sonic Generations hadn't come out,
2: this would be a lot bigger deal. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it's. I mean, it's gonna be. This will probably be, be free anyway uh, because obviously it's got. It's not got because so, Sega will give us yeah. assist and desist
1: if it isn't. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's and maybe so. even if it is. <laughs> But, um, I think Sonic 2 seems to have the biggest fan base out of all the, so- the classic Sonic games. it's, yeah, it's, it's the only one that's we can fucking seems. agree on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: All the Sonic fan bases
1: split because nobody can figure out what they really liked. And like like you know, it's like... if, if There was somebody who talked about a Sonic 3 HD remake. And so, of course, the first thing I'm going to say as an asshole Sonic fan is... Well, are we talking about Sonic, Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic in Knuckles? Like, what are we exactly talking about? So, um, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the other side of it is that Sonic 2 is the only one that actually means Sonic 2. But man, wouldn't that be awesome if they put an unlockable of the Knuckles part? <laughs> Cause there is Sonic 2 in, Knuckles in Sonic 2 is a lock on technology thing. So that would be an awesome unlock.
2: Hmm. Anyway, but that's that. Like I said, we're, we're struggling for new stories this week. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, again, it's it's a cool project, but again,
1: generations mm. kind of gave me that itch. I guess I would say.
2: The mm. um, yeah, only other news story. This isn't. I don't think this even a news story. But the Amstrad CPC um, turns thirty this year. I got. A, I I put this in the news because I did hear on Twitter that it was this week, but then I looked into it and it said that it was released in April. <laughs> so <laughs> so a few months. <laughs> so we're a few months behind. I think it's worth mentioning because I am—I go- know people have been asking uh, for a extra credit on the Amstrad. I am going to do it. Um, I will—I will record a- I will record a show on that um, probably this week actually, and I'll—I'll I'll post it on YouTube and Fred can. Put it whatever yeah it's no yeah problem. absolutely i will i will I will do that because i know people have been asked for but i was going to tie that into this little story as well though because yeah the amstrad i think deserves a its own little show because we didn't we didn't really give it much justice on that microcomputer show that we did no uh, we also,
1: did it because we knew we would do an extra yeah. credit so
2: and I, I will also cover some other microcomputers in separate i'll get i'll give each microcomputer its own kind of little show i think it's, it deserves uh its own kind of area so i'll do i'll cover the atari st at some point and also give the amiga another go as well uh so yeah so, we'll come, we'll, will those are, those are coming in the future. But that's news stories. <laughs> you <laughs>
1: so. know what, And don't feel bad about not knowing the birth date. Apparently, uh, the big hullabaloo going on right now, at least in America, where news is apparently slow outside of the games industry as well. The big debate is, is George Michael's birthday actually today or tomorrow? Apparently nobody <laughs> fucking knows. Oh, and George Michael hasn't come forward to let us know if he's celebrating his birthday today or not. So, life's great mysteries continue forward <laughs> anyway um <clears throat> primal rage not a classy game are you kidding me with chaos throwing up farting and pissing on people i can't understand how you could say that um anyway <laughs> i just
2: remember those fatalities being impossible still in that game <laughs> Oh,
1: you yeah, yeah. Actually, no. I, I was about to give you a better example, and then I realized no, I really don't have one. You are absolutely correct. Uh, the only thing harder is the Mortal Kombat Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three Brutalities, where you had to do a fifteen oh button combo that would blow the person up.
2: Fantastic. Anyway. Or, or you could just do the cheat and press one button and it did it.
1: So. Yeah, I love that. That's that's exactly why. You always want to uh, play things on the Genesis, which had the best cheat codes. Yeah. <laughs> People don't talk about that, but one-button fatalities were in every Probe Software Genesis port on that console. <laughs> <laughs> the Mega Drive and Genesis definitely didn't make you think about shit. You could also unlock... Wasn't one of the cheats that the computer would always do a fatality on you as well, so you could just see nothing but fatalities? Because that was the other cop-out, was the computer would always uppercut you instead.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, probably. That does that does sound. I know it definitely had it on the PlayStation. Um, Yeah, Mortal. I was was thinking of Mortal Kombat trilogy, um, and they, I believe, that probably was. No, no, Mortal Kombat
1: trilogy was a PlayStation one game. um, Yeah, which is just a sad destruction of the entire franchise. A complete waste of (laughs) development time. It it doesn't even sprite itself correctly no. god i fucking love that game i'm so proud of owning that <laughs> in my collection <laughs> i own I've two copies i have the greatest hits version and the uh and the non-greatest hits version i love that game
2: just don't play a shang song uh, uh, <laughs> No 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 yeah
1: <laughs> jesus or you can play the n64 version which is worse than anything uh with no really? load times yeah, the N64 version has less characters because they didn't have enough room. <laughs> and have you ever tried to play, uh, a single analog stick version on the N64's clunky analog of Mortal? Oh, just don't. Just, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> no, yeah. The C buttons are your high punch, low punch, high kick, low. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> just don't even do it. Um, but anyway. All right. Well, let's talk about the topic. It's 640. or Well, it's 640 yeah. my time, so. Sorry. They, there's AVJ
2: tonight. Nah, it's all good. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. See you next week. Uh, we'll get to data East games then. Uh, so we're going to be talking about data East. And, um, before we go into this, I want to mention something real quick, jam. Yep. Um, there is a retronauts that has already covered data East. Um, I'm aware of it and they did a really good job. However, um, in listening to that episode again, uh, yesterday, Uh, we don't do things the same here. The information may be the same, but our style is not the same. And I think it should also be noted that there's a lot of people who don't want to dig back through the old one up retro knots. Um, also like their feeds messed up. So unless you want to actually go on the site and manually download them, it can be very difficult to find stuff. Um, and I don't know how long they're going to keep that up, but I hope as long as they can, um, I think CBS owns them. So, uh, so hopefully they can keep it going longer. Um, But uh, anyway, um, so some of this information will come from that. Um, Yeah. The other person I want to give a massive shout-out to, and this is what I was talking about, about the wormhole, um, is – hold on. Let me get his name. It's a very common name. In fact, you've probably heard it before. Mm -hmm. Here we go. (laughs) Brandon Sheffield. He is Mm -hmm. responsible for um, a particular blog, the Insert Credit blog. Um if you go to insertcredit, I think, dot com, but it, it just just look up Brandon Sheffield, it's spelled exactly how it sounds, and insert credit. He has brought the the site back and he has started a podcast, and uh he is basically the person who covered Data West more than like anybody and a significant part of Data East. So without a lot of his articles and contributions from insert credit and um and some other uh Ram- rumblings and ramblings he did on the Data East show. I wouldn't have some of this information, so I definitely want to give credit where credits do. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, since you did a lot of this research that's on here, although I'm, I, I kind of did it too, so I'm kind of in the same yeah, page. Yeah. You want to just start bouncing back and forth? Uh, I think yeah, we should yeah. talk about the history and then we'll just start talking about games and then we will wrap up with Data West. Yes, you people joking in the chat, there was a Data West. <laughs> So, oh, and uh, Fortengard says that NeoGaff archived all the one-up archives. Well, yeah. that's good. I hope they also archived all the video and audio, but that kind of sounds like they did. So anyway, <laughs> but uh, if you want to know, I believe it's episode 88 is the Data East Retronauts. And it has Scott Sharkey on it, so it's got a good deal of snark, uh, which is always fun.
2: But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, all right, without further ado, take it away, boss. Yep, okay. So Data East well, just to talk about Data East to start with, um was founded by Tetsuo Fukuda on mm-hmm. April twentieth, um, nineteen seventy six. I'm sure Foreign Girl will correct me if that's wrong, but <laughs> so uh they're founded in Japan, obviously. That's correct, they... <laughs> that's um... <a> correct date. <laughs> oh, is it's it? <laughs> So um so they're founded as a Deco, which is uh, DECO. The... Deco, thank you, there we go um which is basically a tape system they, they worked on sort of tape systems to start with um <laughs> so it's very hardware based to start with so it wasn't they weren't really developing games in 76 it was all working on the interchangeable tape system um for arcade cabinets um which apparently they pioneered apparently as well um, they did last, um, can...
1: they also did make hardware though for um yeah uh for uh companies so they uh yeah they definitely uh they definitely also made a lot of arcade components,
2: of all things, like simple
1: mm. arcade components. So that is a large part yeah. of their stuff as well.
2: And I've seen a lot of the articles they did since stretch these simple sort of just, I guess, bits and bobs or for well, arcades. Well, the profit machines. margin's ridiculous,
1: you know? Yeah. Like, any person who sells you HAP controllers today, you'll pay eight bucks for them, and you don't think nothing of it, but they paid eight cents for them. So, like, mm. technically everyone wins. Technically. Mm. <laughs> But
2: yeah. So they started off just doing that for a couple of years, and then in January of 1978, they released their first game, which is called Super Break. Where there is absolutely nothing on the internet about this game apart from a few sort of descriptions. Um, well, basically, I guess this is kind of like a pong kind of game. It was a simple ball and paddle game. Super uh, could, Break. Yes. Yeah. You can play with up to two players, um, and a, but, yeah, and you can play with up to two players. We could you could play one player as well, of course, and, you know, against mm-hmm. a computer, but. Um, that that this was their this was their first game and this was released in arcades as well. Yeah, it was um, a
1: pong clone, uh but it was in Japan. Uh in Japan, yeah, we didn't Japan talk about enough. it. They were out of a, they were out of Tokyo, Japan. And that's mm. only important if you know geography because uh just to spoil it, Data West was in Osaka, Japan. So geographically
2: that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Which is where I'm at the moment. There you go. But that's where I'm going to get the date. That's where I got the dates a bit confused. For where I'm, guess you're going to correct me because I had in some from a separate article that then in '79 the company began developing and publishing software. But that seems to be unusual since they did that game a year before. Um, no, no, no. That makes sense. That's right.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh they were as much... And we'll talk about this when we get to the games. They were as much a publisher as they were a developer. In fact, maybe okay. even more so. Especially in America, of all places. Data East is responsible for a lot of American... As you indicate later. Uh, has a lot of American properties. Um, that we wouldn't have seen come over here if it wasn't for Data East. So mm-hmm. they were very uh, active in America. They were kind of the Gaijin games before Gaijin games. And, and Monkey Paw and all that stuff. Uh. What's, no, who's the, who's the guys I'm thinking of that did all the localization? Working designs for the PS1. They were the working designs yeah. of the Nintendo
2: era. Mm-hmm. So that's the big part. So, But uh, anyway. Um, so, so, yeah. But that, that, so, 79, they began developing and publishing software. And then um, just a year later, in 1980, they released the first cartridge-based arcade system. Um, which was the, which is the deco system that oh, we mentioned. Oh, actually
1: the deco's not cartridge based. It isn't? That's where oh, I'm okay. i stop you. Uh, uh, it's literally tape based. So imagine this, you yep. microcomputer user. Imagine an <laughs> arcade that ran off of a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and the load insane. times that come with it. Uh, The Deco system was not the first of its kind, but it was the most mass-produced. And how long you think these systems lasted before (laughs) they shit the bed. Um, And, in fact, it was so widespread uh, that, obviously, it was sold off because you could swap games out. And, you know, arcade games, until JAMA hits, which is a Universal Harness adapter version. If you go back and listen to our arcade one, we kind of talk about this. But JAMA was the first way to allow someone to kind of hot swap PCB boards with the same setup. But even those I'm learning in my arcade endeavors aren't universal. You have to kind of rewire them uh based off of what game you put in them. Uh the only true multi console was the Deco system until um Neo Geo released obviously the MVS, you know, arcade in 93. Yeah, so this was the first multi-cade. Basically, you could run multiple games or swap games out, and they needed to be able to do that. You know why? Because they wouldn't give you a replacement. This was the '80s, where when you some when you broke something due to wear and tear, you couldn't go get all ass hurt and return it to Walmart. You had to actually just embrace that you broke it, and so <laughs> they would. Uh, you know, I'm betting the games were pretty cheap because you just had to buy the main PCB of the Deco system and the wiring, and then. You would just swap out the tape, right? As long as the tape player, which were pretty durable, kept running, you were fine. So every time a tape broke, you'd have to pay the hundred bucks and buy like a new game. So why not buy the newest game, right? Of
2: course, yeah.
1: (laughs) And so that's what that was. Uh, but it was a terrible, terrible, uh, problem. So, (laughs) uh, so it wasn't until they started doing old school stuff, um, which I should point out. Uh, looking at your notes here, uh, a lot of the stuff we're about to talk about comes post-DECO system and are not part of it. Or DECO system or whatever you want to call it. D-E-C-O, if you're wanting to look <laughs> it up. It stands for, like, yeah, some sort of cassette operating system or whatever. But there are known arcade games, especially the ones we'll talk about, um, mm-hmm. is definitely... uh Not from the Deco system. It was just their first thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: And you know what? Data East, we'll talk about, is actually pretty interwoven with SNK. I almost wonder if SNK's workings with Data East didn't give them the idea for what would eventually become the Neo Geo MVS format. So. Mm. Yeah. I could see them taking a, you know, taking that and working with it. Because mind you, we got 14 years between, well, 13 years between the Deco system and the MVS. So. It's a decent period of time to develop, you know, and 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 arguably those are big beta ca- cassettes because Neo Geo cartridges look like beta cassettes in every way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yes.
2: <laughs> so let's uh, well, so then, well, moving, moving on from that. Let, well, mm-hmm. Let's talk about let's get to the main bit, which everyone's waiting for, which is the games. So during the eighties, the um, the company released for quite a large amount of arcade hits, which most people are going to be familiar with. And um, <laughs> uh, so um, But what, what's worth mentioning is a lot of these games did receive ports to consoles and microcomputers, but it's quite important to mention that they, those ports weren't um, by day three; They were developed by our developers, um, but they're obviously based, which we'll get to in a second. Well, and so I obviously- think we
1: should definitely discuss them whether they were developed or published. Yeah. I'll just mention them when we talk about them. And I'm thinking, I like this list you've got here to just kind of give an <laughs> overview. So I think we should... Go into these without getting into detail and then come back to them at, at yeah, the second portion. Absolutely. So,
2: yeah. So, so some of the big, big hits um, include obviously Burger Time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then Bad Dudes vs. Dragon Ninja are my personal favorites. Hell?
1: Just be- yes. <laughs> yeah. And that was developed by Data East, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that more later. Uh huh. Um, captain silver which i know Saiwan definitely wants us to mention uh, which oh, is a very excellent. interesting game and actually yeah. i'm
1: not very familiar with captain silver i do know as you indicate here though um mm. it did master system and nes ports although i hear the master system is the more popular
2: port yeah it's the definitely the more popular version yeah. um so. cobra command is an interesting one as well which i had gets... no idea this was them really yeah so yeah is it during the sega cd version <laughs>
1: I do own the Sega CD version as much as I'd love to say I own the laser active version. I <laughs> yeah. should point out Data East loved to port their stuff to shit that would never succeed. <laughs> and no, that's not a unique thought. That was straight from that Retronauts. Uh, but Cobra Command on the laser active. Uh, if you need to blow 80 bucks, you are still better off like lighting $80 on fire. But if you want to own a little piece of history, feel free to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And um, obviously, Saiwan's obviously mentioned in the chat that Bloody Wolf, but um, I, I remember nice. Bloody Wolf as uh, Battle Rangers in uh, Europe. It's called Battle Rangers in Europe? <laughs> yeah, Boy, you guys was. really did have
1: some very interesting... Uh, yeah. Well, I think Bla- Bloody yeah, Bloody was probably no. too much of a
2: swear word for us, Fred. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think guard is doing the G.I. Joe Cobra thing, but I, I don't dare... I shan't sing that sacred tune here. Uh, but anyway... And I'm He's gonna, gonna I'm gonna check you on yep. this Dragon's Lair port. Mm-hmm. They actually did the SNES port, not the NES port. Oh the SNES one. Yes. I yeah. I believe. Let me double check this for you. Yeah. yeah. And SNES port. Yes, it is. Yep. So I'll probably, I'd probably a typo from me. <laughs> no, you're fine. And I don't know if there was a NES port, but I think there actually was. Uh but the As SNES a- port was I mean. I gotta give him credit, it it is uh, turning that game into an actual platformer, which guess what? Bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway.
2: Uh, And then finally, well... Well, actually, I'll skip the next one. last one was Cross Champ was number one as well. But then Robocop was a big one. But that's probably tying in more, to because Data Reese did a lot of licensed games. Yes, um, but Robocop
1: so. is huge if you were Robo- out at that time. It is totally misplaced love and affection, yeah. but it is there.
2: <laughs> Ro- Robocop is definitely huge. and it, Well, we'll talk more about it later, because yes, that, that, that version is awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. Both versions are awesome, but I'm kind of curious
1: to get into that with you, so...
2: <laughs> obviously robocop was ported to absolutely everything at the time including the zx spectrum oh that's right you guys got
1: all the micro console versions <laughs> yeah. or microcomputer versions i know of only two versions which was arcade and and NES. But that's I'm, what we... i'm guessing those ports were well i'm curious which ones they were based off of because they were different games although they played yeah. very similar mm. um so anyway but mm-hmm.
2: and and obviously Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's just a very, very brief overview of some of the games, but yeah. we'll talk more in detail a bit later. on the Yes, show. I promise. And
1: and Derek, we see you guys. We see you all guys <laughs> talking. We will mention these other games. I promise. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, as soon as you start mentioning games, that's, that, that's suddenly all the everyone just starts saying, "Mention this, mention that." Yes, <laughs> yes, and we will. I promise you. I actually know more about Data East
1: than some of these other topics. So I promise you, th- those were all on our list. I can show you mm. the the proof on the on the spreadsheet, but. Uh, uh, and I definitely think you should mention the last one on that list.
2: Uh, cross Champ?
1: Yes, that's a huge one, and that'll actually save their asses in a lawsuit, so.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, no, I thought I briefly mentioned that just before I but no, no, no the, yeah, Cryo Champ as well was a huge, huge game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and for so, the time, in,
1: in 84 when it premiered, it was, it was huge for what it was. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that too.
2: Hmm. Um, I mean, Fred already touched on this next part, which was that um, data was very popular for purchasing licenses from other companies, including Capcom, SNK and IRA. IRA. Right? You got it. Yep. That's it. Um, most noted for r type, but they
1: made yep. many other things.
2: And, um, so, so obviously Fred already touched on that sort of briefly earlier today. um, but the success of sort of um, Datari's, well, with with these games um, during the eighties allowed them to kind of stay afloat during the crash of '83, which is kind of handy for them. Well, yeah,
1: because um, um, you know, we.
2: Uh, I'm sorry to cut
1: in real quick, but we should note, and again, they have a pinball division, which we'll talk to in a sec. I, I don't mean to. Stop oh yeah, on your yeah. There. Oh no, 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 no. But pinball was alive and very well in the eighties. Um, Definitely, it survived yeah. very well. And then the other thing, which I think we've probably been criticized once or twice about talking about this, it's not that we. Don't know this, it's just that we haven't mentioned it, is while the crash of 83 is going on, which actually begins to form itself at the end of 83, it doesn't actually go on till 84 and well into 85 in America. What didn't get hurt by this was arcades, which got fucking crazier than ever. If you yeah. were an arcade developer, which is why Nintendo did incredibly well during this time and kind of got the startup capital it needed for the Famicom, as well as and then the Nintendo side of it. Um, and of course, like this, where Data East was making a lot of arcade games, and they have a lot of arcade games. Um, you know that I mean. They were seeing tons of success. Arcades were never stronger uh, because when the market crashes like that, it's much easier to do, you know, I guess I would say it's almost like the free-to-play model of today. <laughs> yeah. You know, the earliest version of the free-to-play model looked no further than your quarter coin-ops. Um, so Data East was extremely successful. There was no reason mm. not to play all these games in your local burger joint or pizza place.
2: They are riding high at this stage. Uh-huh. <laughs> um so well, well on the note of pinball in um in 85 <laughs> as you said fred when when the crash was in full blown effect um mm-hmm. data east actually purchased stern electronics um including all its factories and assets and began developing and manufacturing pinball tables yes they did and thank
1: fuck christ they did because i love me some data east pinball machines
2: oh yeah i mean i guess are we going to do the same here we're just going to briefly mention the pinball team talk more about it later or do you want to? Yeah, Derek's and Derek's that.
1: talking about that too. Um yeah. I don't know. How much detail do we really want to get into the pinballs?
2: Well, Did you play a lot of these yourself? I kind of have actually. I mean okay. I've funnily enough, I've played a lot of these on conventions really, because yeah, they really? are still sort of you know showing their stay. Um I I mean, don't know, what just, tell you
1: what, you get yeah. started on it and we'll throw it out to the chat, and if we hear nothing from the chat <laughs> or if they go Christ. specifically one way or the other, we'll, we will do what they say. So you get started in about 45 seconds, Chat. You tell us, do we knock out the pinball right now or do we do it after the games, which we're going to move on to soon?
2: Yep. Uh, anyway, continue. Okay, then. so I'll just I'll just create go for a brief list then. So uh, pinball tables, they did. So there was Guns and Roses, there was Ooh. Star Wars, there was yeah. RoboCop, which is a really good table. Yes, um, yes. There was The Simpsons, which I thought that table was terrible, but yes, someone might is. say otherwise. Oh <laughs> so. no, it's fucking terrible! I don't care what people say. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided it's uh, terrible. <laughs> there was Batman, which was okay. Was not I've not bad. played Batman, um, so do not know. Oh, it's, it's not bad that one. Uh, and then there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and are just your thoughts like- on that one? <laughs> i don't like that okay. so i didn't like it um it's i did i'll, I'll be honest i didn't play, i didn't play a lot of that one but okay. it wasn't great um one of the ones i do remember i think i'm getting this from the um the other list now mm-hmm. is um jurassic park i love that one. everybody remembers jurassic <laughs> yeah. park everybody's gotta love jurassic park and there are some distinctive things i want to talk
1: about <laughs> yeah. with jurassic park okay we've got one vote for do it right now um <laughs> So uh, let's see here. Um, I'm going to give it – well, it sounds like everyone's heard it, so you guys got 15 more seconds to chime in, and this will have uh, will not have played yet by the time that time's up. Wait, something about balls. We need our balls to feel realistic. Oh, <laughs> and with that, I guess we will talk about the games themselves right now. So let's talk about some of their pinball stuff. Um, do you have anything more in the notes here about – there wasn't much about um, their pinball except for how it died. Well,
2: yeah, which will kind of tie into everything else anyway. Yeah, you
1: know what? Let's talk about
2: just the pinball portion real quick,
1: and then we'll okay. talk about some tables, and then we'll jump back into the data East software stuff and into their games.
2: Okay, so... That's how well, well So then, okay, basically... So we're moving forward a bit in time. So we're going to the early 90s, uh, when East did start to struggle financially. So the... The glory days of the 80s have now passed, and people are starting to get bored of pinball mm-hmm. um, at this point, which is definitely, I'd say, it's probably about right, um, from my memory, anyway, in terms yeah. of nostalgia. I don't know, because I know America, America arcade scene seems very different from over here, because most of my memories of arcade are kind of like seaside resorts and stuff. Um, well,
1: in the-, the 90s, uh was a strong time. Um, you usually had a pinball company. Well, pinballs were okay in convenience stores until so people started breaking them, and they broke too easily. And mm. with the advent of the fighting game... Those were very durable, so you started seeing pinballs disappear, and your Mortal Kombat's and things
2: like that, and Street
1: Fighters started showing up.
2: Yeah, that's um, what I remember. Yeah,
1: and you know, what? I mean, uh, talking to some people from back then, especially comic shop owners and uh, and convenience store owners, uh, they it, it was fucking terrible because we were all over the place. A lot of us smoked, um, myself included. I smoked in the in the nineties uh, at pinball or at at arcades, and uh, the kids were usually unsightly. They used terrible language, um, but you know what? It made a shit ton of money, and that made it okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it would you would have to fight tooth and nail and usually do, like, 50 cents per play or three plays for a dollar on pinball, and someone would tie up the pinball the whole time. Whereas Mortal Kombat, man, you are guaranteed a new fighter every three minutes, and it's 50 cents a play.
2: Yep. That was that was cranking <laughs>
1: some scratch, you know? And they were so much harder to break than pinball machines. You can accidentally break a pinball machine, keeping it in pristine, unplayed condition in your house. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to break a Mortal Kombat machine. Yep. So, anyway. But, um, well, yeah, and there's a lot them. of balls talk in our chat, and i got to tell you, <laughs> <proud. laughs> yeah. I'm proud of it. Anyway, that's i can trying to Balls of steel. That's right.
2: Thank you, Duke. Um... <laughs> So but yeah, yeah. The, 90, yeah, yeah. yeah. I say, the 90s was hard on the company, basically. <laughs> um, and also, by this time, um, the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn were arriving as well in the 90s. Well, the 90s was hard because anyway.
1: pinball was going out of fashion. And as I yeah. mentioned, Data East thought that it was in- intelligent to jump on board with these emerging technologies that never took off. And then finally, when they're about to die, <laughs> they take off uh yeah. they are an ahead of their time company if ever i've seen
2: one <laughs> oh yeah and not only that because they spent so much on sort of high profile licenses that kind of affected them financially as well so all of those yeah. you know pinball um licenses that I'd acquired um kind of came back to bite them i guess
1: yeah yeah i mean it really <laughs> did and a lot of these licenses as much as i loved guns and roses and jurassic park and stuff <laughs> like that um and i really did um yeah it I don't I don't think they did well. Nah. No. <laughs> uh due to their rarity alone. Um I should point out they're pretty intricate machines as well, which Stern is definitely continuing on, not to jump too far <laughs> ahead. But um uh they were not cheap. To this day, I always want to buy a Jurassic Park and I've never found one less than forty five hundred and more than yeah. five hundred miles away. And forty five hundred is not bad for a pinball machine. But a Jurassic park machine has a lot that can go wrong. In fact, it doesn't even have a traditional um firing pin. It you have to pull a trigger. So the second that pressurized trigger stops working, you're shit out of luck. You have to get it repaired. So anyway.
2: So Oh, I'm sorry, the chat's meeting me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I had to turn them off for a sec.
2: <laughs> okay. All right, continuing on. So we're right. in 96. No so, we're this entire, so this now so so this stage um dairies has had to sell the entire pinball division um to sega um uh but then and but then moving slightly forward in 1999 sega <laughs> then mm-hmm. sold all the pinball assets that belong to ATS to gary stern who then went yep. on to create the stern pinball company which fred kind of briefly mentioned yep. um it's also actually. Should, should, are we going to? Do you want to talk about the software stuff, or are we going to go back now and? talk we'll about We'll go the back pinball? to the software once we yeah. talk
1: about a couple of these pinball machines, real quick.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah,
1: and so then it goes. It lives in infamy. infam – God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it lives in infamy through Stern Pinball.
2: Yeah. So. And that's where that's sort of where the, that's the where the pinball sort of stays to this day. Um, hmm. So
1: their last last pinball machine was WWF Royal Rumble. Yeah. R.I.P. (laughs) I I remember
2: remember, remember that one as well. (laughs) Yes, I do too.
1: Um, But, you know, and and again, moving forward, for what it's worth, um, Stern Pinball has had some awesome uh, newer uh, games. Uh, Simpsons Pinball Party, ironically enough, is actually a very good game. Um,
2: (laughs) What, the first one? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ripley's Believe It or Not is really good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Family Guy was all right. It wasn't great, but it was all right. Um, Indiana Jones it... was pretty good. Mm. And then um, I've heard the Lord of the Rings one is pretty yeah. good. I was about to say, mention the Lord of the Rings one was quite good. Okay. okay. Avatar I actually liked. I thought that was a really good pinball machine. Mm. Real complex. Iron Man, I thought was shit, though. I'm gonna say it. I've right. not tried
2: that one, but I've heard it's terrible. So. Yeah,
1: Iron Man was pretty shitty. It just feels like it wants to cheat, which means th- it, there's an entirely strong possibility that um, that can be set by the the, the company. So, mm. meaning like whoever you sell it to can say, you know what, make the height variance really big so that the ball is always prone to fall down the bottom, and it's really hard to get up into the high scoring areas and stuff. So. Mm. That's possible. I did not. I played Avatar and Indiana Jones at the Midwest Gaming Classic, like a a, a convention, mm-hmm. whereas Iron Man was in my local theater. Oh, wow. It was yeah, fucking horse shit. Um, <laughs> probably paid through the nose for it, which is why. Um, but uh, anyway. And I think Stern's been doing more like NFL or NBA licensed pinball games and stuff. It's really weird. Mm. So anyway. But anyway. Uh okay, let's talk about some of these pinball machines. So um So Guns yeah, N' Roses is my favorite, and it's one of their earliest. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I loved nineteen eighties Guns N Roses, nineteen nineties Guns Actually, let me take that back. I loved nineteen nineties Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Use Your Illusion one and two was fucking huge for me. And mm-hmm. um a lot of those songs, there's four songs programmed into it, and I want to say it was Live and Let Die. I think they were all from Use Your Illusion. I wanna say it was Live and Let Die, maybe a riff from November Rain, but it's possible November Rain wasn't in there. I think Don't mm. Cry was in there. Anyway, if you're a if you're a Guns N' Roses fan, you'll know some of this stuff. But the table's just decked out just the right way. It's a relatively non complex table. It's got some cool ramps and things like that. Um, but it's it's kind of proof positive that if you take a relatively simplistic design, but do some kind of complex scoring. And then throw in just the aesthetics and atmosphere with the song coming out of it and stuff like that, that you can really sell the property. Um, I still love Guns N' Roses. I'm still waiting and praying <laughs> that the uh, pinball, whatever, the pinball PS4, PS3 software that, that emulates old tables uh, releases that. Pinball Classics or whatever. Derek will probably tell yeah. me if he's still in the chat. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I do love the GNR table um uh let's see and i was a huge fan of hook did you ever Mm -hmm. play hook
2: i did yeah i played Hook. that's a good one
1: hook was a good one that was a little more complex i liked that one Mm. um it looked cool had the right kind of you know aesthetics and i always used to laugh like a little child whenever i'd hear bangerang because i always thought it was saying something naughty (laughs) um jurassic park was awesome (laughs) It a T-Rex. Is that a T-Rex? That's what I wanted to ask. Did that not look like a fucking gallimima or a brachiosaurus or something? Guys, go look this up and tell me that's supposed to be a T-Rex. Well, okay, I know it's supposed to be a T-Rex, but it had this yeah. cool mechanism where it would latch on to um, – I should grow my hair out like Axel Rose. Actually, Axel Rose is making a comeback. He plays a female inmate on Orange is the New Black. Watch, watch. You'll see what I'm talking about. But anyway um, – but yeah, there is, there's like a platform where the ball gets magnetized on and then the T-Rex comes down and eats it and it swallows it and then it pops out through like a trigger or something. And I was like, why do they have a fucking brachiosaur eating the pinball? <laughs> and I ended up losing a bet that ended up making me buy my, my brother-in-law some shots over that. So it is supposed to be a T-Rex, but there's no way it looks like it. No way.
2: <laughs> it's just, I think it, it's just also it just looks so kind of cheap and <laughs> No, um, teeth. no teeth, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no teeth. Yeah, no teeth.
1: I I should nickname him Gummo. In fact, that's his that's his new official nickname. The T Rex in the Jurassic Park cab is nicknamed Gummo. And if I ever get one, I'm pulling the bezel off just to just to strap that on his forehead as a name tag. But uh, anyway,
2: but the the ha- the artwork on the cabinet looks great. Cause they have the yes. actual like the Jurassic Park kind of like the fossilized logo on top of the cabinet, which looked pretty cool. And there's
1: that picture of Sam Neil with the kids, like right when they're in the <laughs> raptor they're Mm. in between a rock and a hard place where the raptors are coming in on them. Um, That's right. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And there were sound samples from the movie. Uh, there was a, uh, there's a sample of the original John Williams theme. Um, very well put together. Yeah. Very well put together. And I don't think it's a gun actually. Now that I think about it, I think it's just a button you press. I thought it was a Trank dart gun. Is
2: it (laughs) a Trank dart gun? Okay. Maybe it is a gun.
1: Yeah. My memory is, is not serving me well, but, uh,
2: Oh my but it is—it's kind of like looks. It's kind of like like a gun. It's a bit like um, Star Trek: The Next Generation kind of thing with like the like phaser, phaser thing pistol. they have. Yeah. But it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they did bring that back for Last Action Hero, the pinball machine. Did you ever play this?
1: Oh, that was about to mention that one. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what people say. Last Action <laughs> no, no, Hero no. was cool. That one <laughs> year it was out. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every one of us wanted to do that. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it did have the ACDC song "Big Guns" uh, built into the cab, and for that that thing, the best thing that ever happened to Last Action Hero was that it will forever have a soundtrack that has AC/DC's "Big Guns," which is one
2: of my favorite hits of theirs. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, what did you think of this Last Action Hero
2: table? <laughs> I just, I just it's a bit like the film It's just. Uh, I thought uh, if you take it for what it is, I just thought it's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, the, it's, it's pure yeah. corn. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, the, the the table as well is so sort of over the top. Oh, I was talking about the table. The... Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because if like the... you guys haven't seen this terrible movie, you should <laughs> go watch it right now. I'm sure it's on Prime or it's, Netflix it's or Sorry. both. Yeah. Um, or it's on PSN for $2.99 or something. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is an action star who comes out of the movie, like out of the theater movie, <laughs> To join forces with this kid who never had a career beyond this. Yeah. And then, of course, the enemy from the movie, which is this, like... He, like, drags an axe and throws axes around and stuff. He looks much more menacing in the trailer than he ever was in the movie. Kind of gets out, too, and they have to fight him. And Schwarzenegger drives a pink Cadillac and smokes a cigar, and it's fucking awesome. And Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, <laughs> and, the, and the pinball table just brings it back, man! It just brings it all back! Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> but yeah oh muffled speech don't uh, worry don't worry yogi we'll be talking about plenty of that when we get to bad dudes versus dragon ninja um
2: but yeah so i said before we move on from so I want also to mentioned the pinball table checkpoint i'll be honest i haven't actually played that oh, one
1: checkpoint. Um,
2: yeah yeah but but let me i'm just gonna get the image up now that that yeah i, I do i've seen it i just haven't played it that um I am going to be honest with you I didn't play it
1: because it was racing based and I never really liked cars.
2: Yeah, that's the same. yeah. And I
1: um and, but it gets a lot of uh it does get a lot of um positive appeal. I always saw it around like it it was played a lot, but uh yeah. but I never really played it much and it did have a dmd or a dot matrix display it was one of the first ones to kind of create uh, images yeah. and stuff on the screen checkpoint predates uh even you know guns N roses and roses in jurassic park which were all like mid 90s whereas checkpoint was early 90s it was like one of the first to do it um in mm. fact it might have been the first to do it so that was the big deal um
2: did it have sorry sound as well or, yes yes it
1: did mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah it kind of set the the
1: the template for what you would see in games like Last Action Hero, Jurassic Park, Hook, things like that. In fact, Hook actually might have been old school. I don't remember Hook having quite the bells and whistles that uh, these other ones did. Um, mm. But anyway, uh, the only other one I wanted to mention... Hold on, let me pull up my list. Oh, yes, was Tales from the Crypt. I really dug the Tales oh, from the Crypt table. yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you get... <laughs> If you get a chance, uh, go check out the Tales from the Crypt table. You're not gonna find it, uh, on Wikipedia or anything, but you can Google search it and there are plenty of photos. Um, it had the Crypt Keeper doing all of the announcing, so much like the Elvira table. It was just, did you like B-horror television shows from the late 80s, early 90s that just had their shtick? You know, (laughs) and it had the, you know, the Tales from the Crypt theme in it and anybody who knew it, it would catch your, it would catch your, your, your ear you know cuz everybody kind of watched tales from the crypt at that time it was one of the big reasons to get hbo for that and dream on before sopranos and sex in the city and everything really made original programming big um, and i was an avid watcher of tales from the crypt i kind of liked it it was it was the outer limits for less sci-fi and more crime drama for for modern day at that time when i was you know uh, you know a youth and i was really getting into the old ec comics and stuff but you'd pass by and you'd hear the tales from the crypt theme and um and it would just like catch your ear again it would be like if there was a buffy table and you walked by and all of a sudden it was like na 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 na. <laughs> you'd be like whoa what is that you know so so i definitely have to give it credit where credit's due i don't even remember if the pinball table was any good but i know i played the shit out of it mm. um so for what that's worth <laughs> so anyway but uh so, apparently the pin- last action hero uh not as bad as I want to make it feel. I'm, I'm really being negative on it because I feel like, uh, yes, the Crypt Keeper laugh is the best yeah. one. Um, but uh, I'm really being down on it because I just want to believe that like my, my nostalgic recollection is not as good. I mean, come on. When Last Action Hero came out, I was 12. Like I was tailor-made <laughs> yeah. for that movie in every way, shape, or form. But anyway. Um, uh, anything else you want to say uh, before we move on from Pinball Jam?
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the chat can stop making uh, balls jokes now. Sorry. No, no, no. Keep going. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, but yes. Uh, yep.
1: If I think about it, and I probably won't. Actually, no. I know I won't. I'm sorry, guys. But I'd love to intercut a bunch of these songs and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance, definitely look up the Crypt Keeper theme. Look up Big Balls by ACDC, or Big Balls. Big Balls <laughs> is a different song, but you can look that up too. ACDC did do a song called Big Balls, which is great, but Big Guns is what I'm referring to. That's what it is, yeah. And if you really don't know the uh, Jurassic Park theme, feel free to look that up as well. I'm wondering oh, if there's no. a, I bet there is a YouTube market where they actually play these pinballs on video, so maybe you could check that out as well.
2: Yeah, probably, so,
1: yeah. Uh, and I should point out, I think John has the shitty Simpsons one by Data Easton is. uh in I his uh, basement. It, yeah. and I Oh, he sold it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably because it sucks, but he'd never admit <laughs> that. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, let's go back to Data East Zine Games. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, if you so, want to talk a little bit more about uh, kind of what happened to Data East.
2: Yeah, so not not, not much left to talk about. So, in, uh, still, back in 1996, which which way I left off, so they, they, the same year they sold their pinball stuff to Sega, um, they, Data East closed their consumer software division as well. Um, so yeah, things not going too well for them. And then following on to 1999 to 2003, they um, just sold electronic components and licensed out some of their game properties to attempt to recover. They also made like
1: ion generators or something. I'm not even kidding. Like, I have no idea what they were used for, (laughs) but they made like really high-end electronic components for like power plants and stuff. So...
2: So uh, so yeah it, things are just sort of going downhill for the guys um and then um yeah so uh, finally in 2003 uh, the year we got to um in june 25th Ace was declared bankrupt by a tokyo district court for debt of around 28 million i don't it did say dollars on this article but i don't know if that's dollars or yen or whatever or something still even but, if
1: it was like 280 million yen like
2: yeah. or no it's sorry
1: it would actually be 2.8 billion yen to be honest wow. with you but yeah. still you know that sounds like a lot but Is that a lot for a software company? In 2003? I don't know. But obviously with what they had done, they had nowhere to go. They had no licenses to cash in, so to speak. We'll talk about this. But if you're not familiar with a lot of these, you probably won't be familiar (laughs) with a lot of these. You know what I mean? They don't don't have lasting appeal, despite all the remakes, thanks to (laughs) G-Mode, which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh, God.
2: Yeah. So... After the fall of Data released, um is it, so Payon Corporation, LTD? Or is it Payon? Payon. Payon, oh, Payon yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that's kind of how you pronounce it. Yeah, I, I'm on the roll today. <laughs> um, so they brought out the rise to some of their games, and they released them later on the Wii Virtual Console. But the I one that's more God important.
1: They did, because I think yeah. they're responsible for Karnov and Chelnov, which we'll talk about.
2: Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, but then, like, more importantly, though, in two thousand and four, um, February, <laughs> particularly, um, Gmo as Fred briefly mentions, <laughs> <laughs> or G, yeah. um, they acquired most of those properties. These were a Japanese, well, they're, they're a mobile developer, were not they? So, uh, yeah, pop- publisher.
1: Yeah, you know who they're the equivalent of? God, who is the Western developer that does all those fucking mobile Candy games? Cro- not oh. King. No no, 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 no. Who, who did the earliest and just continues to oh. fucking make? terrible mobile games if i look on the game store i'll find <laughs> one immediately i promise
2: okay. you
1: hold on real quick
2: um uh, well, well, i thought i was doing that um, and yeah. so they they went so g mode went on to release um mobile versions of day arcade classics for mobiles surprisingly yeah, i think it's game loft <laughs> they're like the
1: game loft uh, yeah. of japan yeah so mm-hmm. anyway to get that idea but uh so
2: and they and they also released um games to Wii Virtual Console as well and mm-hmm. GameTap. They
1: did. I gotta give G-Mode credit. Um, they just didn't buy the better properties. Uh, they got no. kind of the weaker stuff and again Fortengar's making the joke which is probably true is is that Data East is a poor man's Hudson but they will <laughs> never have Robocop. But uh, anyway um, I gotta give credit. G-Mode did start redistrib- uh, redistributing uh, these games a lot. Much more yeah. though more much more so than Payon. So
2: mm. yeah. They said they're talking with them. <laughs> yeah. They released that collection for Wii Virtual Console, I believe. They did.
1: Um, they did. The lovely uh, Data East Arcade Classics collection. So. Although it seems to
2: be lacking, well, lacking the important lacking ones like Karnov and yeah. Chelnov. Yes, I know. And and it's
1: debatable <laughs> if Chelnov's even a
2: good game, but we'll debate that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's data east really um well according to statistics they developed 130 games and they published 148
1: makes perfect sense actually (laughs) Mm. (laughs) i think their biggest game is magical drop truth be told okay so are you familiar with magical drop
2: yeah 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 it's it's
1: uh dr robotnik's mean bean machine if you guys (laughs) need another version of it (laughs) um puyo puyo's another way to play it uh Taito's Puzzle Bobble, I mean, they're all the same thing. (laughs) But only one, and that's Data East, released Puyo Puyo Neo Geo Pocket Color. And that's the version I have that I love. (laughs) Oh, I know you were completely serious about it being a poor man's Hudson Soft. You're completely right. Uh, (laughs) I didn't mean to make that sound that way, but uh, anyway. Um, Alrighty, let's talk about games. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go in Alpha? Like, I did them in chronological order. Um, nah, that's, well, that's just uh, that's just. Or do you want to just bounce it. back and forth? I mean, we could do it that way, too. I don't really care.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm happy to do it in the order that it's set out at the moment. So okay. let's, you know, starting with the obvious one. Burger time.
1: Little burger <laughs> time. Uh, J- Japan always knew that if you wanted to succeed, these are probably okay. going to be in places where they're going to sell food. Mm-hmm. Fucking release that shit. You know, <laughs> and they put, and they put eggs in their burgers. <laughs> he did put eggs in their burgers, like any good person would. Actually, the eggs were bad for the burger. The eggs were coming at you. The wiener and the egg—it's wiener and egg. You always run from wiener and egg, um, and pickle and pickle are trying to prevent the burger mm. from being any good. So apparently, some of the guys at Data East had a major issue with those things. Um, People will probably notice in America, Bally Midway put out Burger Time, so that's why we don't associate yeah. it with Data East, but they, um, in in kind of a rarity for them, uh, developed this. So mm-hmm. you've got to dodge Mr. Hot Dog, Mr. Pickle, and Mr. Egg, if you've never seen this game. I thought I played this game. I can't remember, though. I thought I played it for one of our episodes, one of our few episodes, where... Uh, there was gameplay in the background. I just can't remember which one. Uh, so if you go mm-hmm. on the YouTube site, there's a couple of episodes I played video games in the background. I thought Burger Time was one of them. Uh, but either way, um, yeah, this this game was interesting. It was all stackable, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of just ran around as a chef. Uh, you had uh, you had pepper as your secret weapon, and and the game's actually harder than I give it credit for. It's it's not an easy game. It's uh, it's definitely a a 1982 game <laughs> mm. it's 1982 as hell uh what'd you think
2: yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a fun game it's definitely very unique which they haven't really ever come kind of, they've never really done anything like this since apart from the sequels which we're going to talk about briefly in a sec yep. um oh they did do that awful xbox live kind of oh yeah that was supposed to be but... really good and that was actually <laughs> brought out i
1: think by gaijin games already oh, yeah i'm pretty sure uh i'll, I'll double check it but uh I thought they were who, or Monkey Paw or something, brought out... Uh, was it Burger Time World Tour? Mm. Yes, there we go. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it was Frozen Codebase who made this, actually. And Frozen Codebase uh, did kickass the video game Elements of Destruction Zombie Wranglers. You know, I'm not surprised this game was shit now that I think about what else they've made. <laughs> they've <laughs> spun some good game though. I thought this was going to be good cuz it was like it was like 3D Burger Time that was like online multiplayer. Like it did sound like it was going to be good, but it was terrible. Mm. So um but uh, and then they did make a sequel, which is on the uh, Data East collection. Both Burger Time and the sequel is on the Data East collection, which is Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory. Have you ever played this one?
2: I haven't played this one. I didn't, I didn't even know this existed until I actually looked it up.
1: <laughs> yes, and that- uh, by the way, those of you with Mame and other emulators, get your pen and paper right now. Um, <laughs> I hear it's not very good, and I've not played it. I will be I will be yeah. humble and say I have not played it. So it is. Um,
2: yeah. It's definitely a spiritual successor to Burger Time. It's got the cumber kind of ladders and the, mm-hmm. it's got thing items of food chasing you.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> so, looks similar, I just don't know if it plays any similar, so. It's,
2: it's, it's more about rolling ice cream <laughs> into cones and stuff, <laughs> which is a bit unusual. Um, I it, it's, I guess, Fantastic. it's clearly, it's clearly not as popular as the, um, as Burger Time itself. It, it seems to sort of lack the, kind of, I guess, the simplicity uh-huh. of um, that game. Um, in sort of a bit more complex, you know, well, it's called kind of a, a more complicated design, but I don't know, it's a, it's worth a shot. Um, got uh, give him cool. credit for trying. <laughs> yep. But um, not really much to say about it though. <laughs> yeah, and one of the coolest ones they'll
1: make came out in July 1984. Um, yeah. It was actually <laughs> published by Data East, but not developed by them. It was developed by Technos. So, um, uh, specifically Technos Japan, but, uh, and the reason Technos is, is, uh, definitely well-known is cause they are, uh, famously responsible for the Kunio Kun series. So, uh, you're downtown Niketsu or, uh, River City Ransom, your Super Spike Volleyball, your are Double Dragon port on NES and stuff like that. Um, but one of the first games was Karate Champ, which was very interesting because it was a true blue one-on-one karate tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, complete with moves and rules that, uh, that that were for karate. You got points and things like that uh, as somebody who was in karate for a short period of time. Um, again, there's no health bars or anything because it's not beat them as much as you can. It's like a nice. karate thing. The second a hit is is landed, you both go back to your areas, bow at each other, and continue on. Um, and, uh, and And it was dual joysticks, which was the other weird thing. Have you ever seen these before?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've seen this one. I see, I was yeah. seeing a cabinet with this one. Yeah, it's very um, interesting. Mm, yeah, so. and then and you also you also hit the ball, <laughs> which is weird. What? in the in the game, do you remember? There's like, I don't. Have you played it? Yeah, I played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's the you do the you obviously do your little fight with the. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. white but And then there's a little kind of like mini game, I guess, where you got to punch to punch the ball. Yes, you do. So. Yeah, you have to hit the the ball.
1: Is it on a stick or something or on a string?
2: I, no, well, it. it's just it's a, it's a proper it's a proper ball coming at you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is, you're right, you're right. It's just whipped at you. Yeah. <laughs> um the other thing that was great about it was it had the uh one of the first digitized things so it'd be like
0: <laughs> for one right,
1: you know like it sounded like really bad like uh muffled yeah synth because it was synth. Um and uh it was a game that it was really cool what it did but if you were back then I don't think you you enjoyed it. Uh mm. Maybe adults enjoyed it more, and maybe I'm just mistaken, but the consensus from all my friends was this game sucked.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, It is notable, though, because it's, as far as I know, the first of the fighting genre, the one-on-one fighting genre, uh, uh, which would obviously give way in a much more massive uh, way in Fighting Street and eventually Street Fighter 2, so... But anyway.
2: A lot lot of people are mentioning that the game was very hard. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, and there's (laughs) There's, no VGO.
1: I'm surprised about that, so maybe we can go along. Well, we're going to try to still wrap this up on time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Karate Champ's cool. It's got an NES port that's pretty spot on. Um, the one thing they do is simplify things up so that your attacks are mapped to punch for A, I think, and kick for B. And then, um, whether it's high or low or whatnot depends on where you hold the uh, the joystick so mm. so yeah um, anyway let's see here next <laughs> up how can we not uh, let's talk about bad dudes versus dragon ninja otherwise known as bad dudes on NES
2: oh man this game is awesome. <laughs> this game is so fucking America
1: this game is so fucking America um, this was developed by Data East <laughs> developed and published. Ocean got its grubby hands on it to throw it on micro yeah. consoles, because I bet in Europe this game was
2: everywhere. Oh, and it, the best bit was so I had it on the Amstrad computer, and they <laughs> even included the I'm bad sounds bit. Well. I'm bad. <laughs> uh, and, and that's making it
1: sound so much better than it really sounds. Uh, I know. But uh, I know everyone's trying to push us. Uh, and Xenocore, uh I, I apologize, man. I think I just want to keep the pacing going. But I do thank everyone for letting us know. Um but i'm still going to try to stay on 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 point because i have some gaming history 101 video capture to do after this so i need my night <laughs> um, but uh, anyway uh so yeah so bad dudes uh this is one of those games i played just as much in the arcade as i did at home i did own it on the nes um, right, Yeah, yeah it came out in 1988 on uh, arcades uh, i want to say it was 89 in on the nes um do you recall
2: um do you recall when you got your hands on it? Uh, mine would have been eighty. Oh God, when was it? It was um, when we got the Amstrad computer. It was probably eighty-eight, possibly. 88. Okay, um, that makes
1: sense. They could probably port it pretty quick.
2: Yeah, it was. It was well. It, it, it was a pretty decent port, actually. For what it was um, for, for the for a microcomputer as well. Um, but it was only one player. The um, the the microcomputer version, I think it's for all microcomputer versions, there's just one player, there wasn't two player, I don't know about the NES version The NES
1: version, (laughs) I thought had two player, I'm pretty sure it did, and definitely the arcade version did
2: Yeah, definitely the arcade version did Um, You were Blade or Striker (laughs) but you could only be Blade
1: on the microcomputers Yep (laughs) Awesome game, so (laughs) we should point out uh, the (laughs) the (laughs) <laughs> Fucking President Ronnie's been kidnapped. Oh, no, yeah. Wonder who that is. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this game was in develop prior to the Bush Dukakis, uh, uh, presidential running of 1988. Um, but, uh, but yes, it, uh, what was interesting is it was like shinobi, right? You've got an yeah. upper and a lower area. <laughs> and everybody died in one hit other than you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, there are weapons. You can get knives, ninjakus. And again, to me, this kind of started the um, <clears throat> the brawler genre, actually, in a way. Yeah, again, he's yeah. very ahead of their time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so you have to save Princess Ronnie, <laughs> um, and you go all over the place, and uh, you basically beat guys up. It doesn't get a whole lot more interesting than that. Um, it was a vertical raster, so there's very little real estate left and right. It got much larger when I blew it up onto a uh, NES screen or something like that. Um, hmm. Did you, I mean, do, do you remember, did they do vertical resolution on, uh, on microcomputers, or did it get blown up much like Nintendo did?
2: Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's probably definitely, I think it was blown up, really. Okay. Um, the, yeah, I mean, the, the color palette's a bit different as well on microcomputers, depending on the limitations of the system. Of course, this didn't really look exactly like the um, arcade version right? so I should point out, but, the
1: graphics on the arcade version are quite impressive.
2: Yeah, yeah, they, they really are um but and then, and obviously um well like i said the the arcade version has the sound samples quite regularly
1: uh, <laughs> and what's really great is uh the bad is the bad um logo <laughs> literally from michael jackson's bad and on the arcade bad is in red and dudes is in blue because fucking yep. america uh <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah <laughs> yeah i know right like th- if ever uh, an arcade game benefits from having that on there. Uh, they actually have a bad pose, which is uh, yep. <laughs> the back-to-back with your arms crossed. It's fantastic. Um, and I remember this was actually quite an impressive um, Nintendo game as well. Um, graphics were really good for the time. It uh, it was one of the few games that actually ported the actual arcade progression and didn't change it much. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it did have the I'm bad at the end of every level, but it was so synthed and so loud, it was louder than anything else, that you weren't sure it was saying, I'm bad. It kind of sounded like they just let loose a grenade in your living room. Um, <laughs> it was pretty jarring when it came out of the TV. Like, I remember my mom jumping back backwards. But, uh, yeah.
2: Yay, bad dudes versus dragon ninja. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the Amstrad one also was it had all the levels from the arcade version. Fantastic, yeah. Pretty much pretty much all the enemies as well, actually. In obviously in their kind of own special versions, including that weird crazy fireman that walks around ah, in the third yes. level. Yep, <laughs> <So. yep. laughs> uh,
1: for no apparent reason, uh, he yeah yeah yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's a really good game. Um, it's probably pretty short. Um, yes. But, yes. Uh, A lot of people do think that uh, people are talking about bad dudes. was pretty (laughs) shitty, but uh, I don't know. It was all right. Oh, it wasn't that bad? (laughs) I liked bad dudes, and two crude dudes is even better, the sequel. Um, But I'm going to talk about a couple of games first.
2: They went from bad to crude.
1: (laughs) They did, but they were also ahead of their time. So anyway, Um, we're going to step back for a sec in something that's out of order, but uh, Bump and Jump, which was part of the DECO system, uh, but definitely got an NES port, um, and this is one of those few ones where I think the NES port is significantly better than the uh, okay than the arcade version. And I'm going to go out on a limb; I know it's better than the C64 version. I don't know mm. if you've played any of the other versions.
2: No, I, I've not actually played this game, um, but I've, yeah, it's the it's the racing one, isn't it? So, and Xenocore is
1: going to kill me over my, my opinion of uh, <laughs> oh dear. uh of bad dudes are two crude dudes. They're both amazing man. But anyway. <laughs> what well, I'm
2: sorry, what were you saying? What were you asking me? This is kinda of like the um kind of like semi-racer spy hunter kind of game is it or
1: it's not really spy hunter uh you i mean i didn't even remember there was a plot um <laughs> there's a plot <laughs> if there is a plot i don't know and the 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 box art is absolutely hilarious but basically you just paid the you would just played this big purple buggy that could yeah. drive around and and you know kind of like spy hunter it was beachside but there would be like gaps where you couldn't really drive and there would be enemies that would come up on you, and they'd have base. Like, there was actual, like, physics in it where when you would both bump into each mm-hmm. other, you wouldn't fly backwards like ping-pong balls. It'd be like heavy cars bashing into each other and kind of throwing each
2: other off. Um, is this is the game that you got rewarded for crashing other cars. It's just yes, and <laughs> your your buggy <laughs> could jump.
1: And so you could literally yeah. jump on top Mario-style on top of other cars. And it was absolutely fantastic. I should point out, this game, if you've not played it, is a top-down bird's-eye yeah. view um, and the biggest thing was to get enough gas. That was the biggest thing you would always do is run out of gas. I also thought it was hilarious that it was in kilometers per hour, uh, which uh, is – we, we don't know the metric system here. Um, so, yeah, it was great. Uh, the port on the NES was done by Vic Tokai, so I want to give credit where credit's due, but Data East definitely made it. But, uh, yeah, Nintendo's version was amazing, and even though I didn't get very far most of the time, I had just so much fun. So much mm-hmm. fun. So. Um, nice, good, that's good. yes. Um, anyone remember super sprint? Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm not going to read the chat anymore. Um, <laughs> so right. yeah. So bump and jumps, a lot of fun. I don't know. Did you have anything else you want to say about bump and jump? <laughs> that was either a great, great, great name.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bum- yeah. Bump
1: jump. Mm, jump. Uh, it's like guns and <laughs> mm, roses. Uh, there's no ampersands in, uh, in the eighties, apparently, uh, no matter what you've written down. Um, so, okay, well let's talk about fucking Karnov um oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think Karnov is definitely one of those games it did have a port uh or it did have an arcade version the arcade version was developed and um sent out by data east uh mm-hmm. that came out in 1987 but that same year it would hit microcomputers and nes and uh the nes version is definitely in my opinion the biggest version yeah um did you play this on? What did you play it on? Commodore, ZX, NES?
2: Uh, Amstrad. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, mostly the same, yeah. <laughs> now, is it
1: pretty similar to the NES version? Have you seen the NES version?
2: I'm um, just looking at that. It's. I think the NES version definitely trumps it, actually, looking at oh, okay. it. Um, so, but, um, yeah, I mean, this, this cat, the character in this game always made me think of the guy from, um, Double Dragon it yeah, was
1: well, oh yeah, the, a bobo
2: the... <laughs> a bobo yeah karnov was a bald <laughs>
1: scarred to shit circus man a circus strong man who could shoot things for some unknown reason like it's never exp- oh, yeah. he was fire breathing is what they cl- claimed but that's what he's shooting out of him so he shot stuff like samus aeron like uh <laughs> and there was no question about it and it was hilarious because he was just this little built kind of midgety guy with uh with the, uh, Aladdin, you know, shoes, the Arabian shoes and the, and the big, uh, silky, uh, hammer pants, which was the best part about him. Mm. Um, <laughs> now I've not played much of the arcade port, um, but I'm sure it's similar, only you have all of this special stuff unlocked. Um, but, uh, but the, the, the NES version was awesome. You would slowly collect certain power-ups that you could, uh, redo, um, and, uh. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Karnov I think we're okay. Uh but anyway, um but uh but yeah, it was it was a really fun, you know, running gun game. I think it auto-scrolled, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And it had some crazy enemies.
2: Um it's nuts. That stuff is and, and
1: and and things would show up in front of you and behind you. This was a memorization game. It was all about memorizing what was coming at you. Um there was Yoda in a in a nest that would come down on yeah. you. He was one of the more popular ones. There's also a fish person who shows up out of nowhere. And the sound effects were really crazy when you'd hit people. Um, he came down from lightning. You know, it was like... And then the music I'll never forget. is like... Yeah, anyway, I probably should just insert the song. <laughs> but it's it's pretty awesome. And uh, Karnov was a great game, but it was really tough. But it was one of those games you played over and over and over again. Um, so that you could beat the game. I want to say it had eight or nine levels, and there was a continue code. I think you hold held A and press Start or something, yeah, but yes. it was absolutely fantastic. It was it was just a great game all around. Uh, got positive scores, um, and uh, and the wizards bullshit. <laughs> the fucking wizards bullshit. Um, he was the last boss, and he was bullshit. I could never beat him. Thanks to emulators, I can. Uh but yes, so there is Karnov and for those that think I'm mispronouncing Chelnov I'm not. We're getting to Chelnov Karnov's uh brother or not brother cousin. Um, so Anyway, continuing with the K's, we do have uh, the fabulous Kid Nikki series.
2: Nikki? What? Kid Nicky? Yes.
1: <laughs> now Kid Nicky, the radical ninja. Um <laughs> I'm going to double check who the developer is cuz I don't know that um Anyway, I don't know that Kid Nikki is, uh, is, is developed
2: by... Um... This wasn't an arcade game, was it? Or was it an arcade game? Kid
1: Nikki Radical Ninja... is um, uh, an S one. ...was an arcade game first.
2: Oh, It was a okay. very bad
1: yeah. arcade game. Um, uh, but, uh, but then it did eventually uh, come out as Kid Nikki Radical Ninja on uh, the NES uh, in America. And uh, you guys didn't get it at all unfortunately. Nope. And the, the yes. Japanese game you probably know better is Kaiketsu uh, Yachanmaru. <laughs> Sorry, let me say it slowly so it makes more <laughs> sense. Kaiketsu yeah. Yachanmaru. And uh, it was done by IREM, so that makes sense. The uh, the, uh, um, the R-Type uh, people. And yeah. it wasn't a very good game. <laughs> I'm going to say out loud right now. There were the ghost guys from Mario 2 that were somehow in there. You were fighting. There were seven levels. He had two swords out in front of him and a rat tail, which was pretty badass. Um, but uh-huh. they kind of looked like a tire iron in front of him, I think Scott Sharkey famously called it. Um, and it was, it was not a very good game. Um, but uh, it looked cool. Graphically, it looked very cool for its time. And... Uh, uh, but uh, but it's sequels. Um, oh yeah, Kaitatsu uh, Yachamaru uh, number two and number three, and I think there was a fourth one. There is "Gonso Yachamaru, which was on uh, Game Boy. Um, but two and three are fantastic sequels, and uh, these were the first two. There are fan translations. These were the first two that I grabbed on um, on uh, 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 on my flash cart when I got it. Um, It's a really cool game. There's also um, uh, 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 Golden Bells, like straight out of Twinbee, uh, which give you a projectile weapon and stuff. I don't know. Did you ever play this game? Nope. (laughs) It's not not a very good game, but the sequels, especially if you have emulation or a flash card or something, well worth checking out. They were only on the Famicom, but there are fan translations. And even if there aren't... now that i think about it i don't think there was a purpose in needing the fan translation though because it's uh it's an action platformer (laughs) so but uh anyway um it was okay it was okay so um but uh anyway um parents don't let your children have rat tails or mullets probably (laughs) best uh, laid plans uh so let's talk about ring king have you ever heard of ring king
2: I've read Ring King, yeah. This, 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 this is an arcade, this is an arcade game as well. As a was it an sport. arcade
1: game? I guess it was an arcade game, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It was made by Namco, uh, and then d- distributed by Data East. Um, mm. I know it... Oh, and I guess it's called King of Boxer in your region. hmm <laughs> um, And I only know it from the Nintendo, because uh, a girl blows you uh, when you're yep. ringside waiting to be... Taken, uh, <laughs> waiting to go back that. into the ring. And I don't know... How else you can, like seriously, guys, look it up. I don't know what else that could be that she's doing. It looks
2: worse than the arcade version. <laughs> oh, really? <I>
1: didn't even <laughs> yeah. realize that. All I know is you get blown on the so- uh, in between matches or in between yeah. uh, uh, rounds. Um, never been, never waited so long for that or so eagerly for that belt to ring. Um, <laughs> and that's that's all I really want to talk about it because. Ring King wasn't that good of a boxing
2: game, uh, no, especially
1: on the NES. You had Mari, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out by this point, or Punch Out, and 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 it was just a better game.
2: The, the surprise is very disproportionate for this game as well. These sort of the characters lives had these huge bodies but tiny little legs.
1: Does that shock you?
2: <laughs> not
1: not for what goes on with Namco Ring Side. Loves, uh, you know, big bodies, tiny legs. Um, <laughs> Alright, well, let's get on to the real ones. Uh, let's get on to Robocop. Yeah. Robocop. <laughs> this one you are going to have to emulate. Uh, do it on MAME. Do it on NES. I don't care. It's never gonna get re-released because of its, uh, license. Yep. And, uh, this is a pretty basic game. Um, walk mm-hmm. to the right, punching dudes until you eventually <laughs> whip out your gun for no apparent reason. And then you shoot dudes. I love the end it. At a level
2: you fight at 209. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. rinse repeat i just love the fact that robocop doesn't use his gun it's just that he used his fist to start with
1: <laughs> oh fortengard is making a big distinction and i do apologize for ever making that mistake you get blown by I'm a liar, dude, dude. <laughs> not a girl <laughs> i do apologize for not making that distinction sooner uh anyway oh dear <laughs> but uh but yeah yeah um and, and I don't know how else to describe it. RoboCop's pretty basic. It's just a really fun game. Yeah. yeah. Graphically, it looked the... amazing for the time, too. Mm. This is ported to everything. To <laughs>
2: what? This is ported to everything, this game, as well. But the ports were very <laughs> kind of They weren't exactly the same as the arcade. Um, so no, the arcade no, of is kind of definitely its own thing, really. Well, now, were <laughs> yours based off
1: of the arcade? Or I know some versions are based off of the NES version, which I think is the better version. Yeah, I, yeah, Ocean probably... Software made the uh, home version, and they kind of did what you would expect them to do, which yeah. is um, kind of expanded out. They actually made different boss battles. You fought Ed Two Hundred Nine in all of them in uh, RoboCop, uh, the NES game. You only fight Ed Two Hundred Nine twice in like mm-hmm. levels two and four. Um, it's funny because in the first one, if you've seen the movie, you fight the guy who's he- holding the mayor hostage. In the yeah. first in the first level, then you fight Ed two hundred nine, then you fight the three guys who work with Clarence, then you fight Ed two hundred nine, and then you fight Clarence Boddicker and Rick Jones or Dick Jones, uh, in in the end of those, and they do have the Cobra weapon, which is awesomely strong, and you get a bunch of, yeah, yeah. Get a bunch of <laughs> ammo for them, so it's pretty fun. It's tough as balls, but it's an interesting fun game. Um, there is also this major like tough guy who's all blue with spiked like shoulder pads and stuff that's never been in the movie but whatever um oh. yeah yeah and uh and there's no like being murphy and dying and stuff like that um again as best put it comes from a time where rated our movies were made for adults but marketed to children <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I remember the 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 RK version had a lot of I think even the um microcomputer version had sound a lot of su- sound sort of bytes in it. Yeah, with the yeah, the directives like you know, number one, number two, and number three. Um yeah. which is something, that's something that something else seems to be prevalent in all the games. Yeah, I'm actually curious, uh with
1: it being done by Ocean though, I would guess the NES version's the, the version that you guys got on micros.
2: Yeah, I I'd say so. Um they, they they kind of again it was i think it was more they don't, they were more shooting games on the um 2D well
1: yeah cuz you'd whip out your your <laughs> you'd whip it out like uh, really quickly like yeah quite quickly uh, i should also point out it got amazing reviews like all over yeah. europe um yeah. 90s high 90s mid to high mm-hmm. 90s so uh but uh, anyway so robocop but uh, i think robocop is still one of those games that's more fun to talk about than or play than to talk about Mm. Yeah, just play it. Emulate it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there is, uh, Tante Jingu, Jinju Saburo, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, better known as Jake Hunter, uh, when translated. Uh, uh, These were uh, Famicom, <laughs> Famicom only detective stories. There mm. were, uh, it's just one big mystery in there, but it unravels, uh, quite slowly, I'm told. Uh, I'm told they're very good. Um, kind of Ra- Raymond Chandler, mm. Noir-esque. And uh, they were all ported um, to uh, Game Boy Advance or, or whatever. Uh, oh, wow. Let me, let me check something. Where is... I'll make this quick, I promise. That's all right. Tante. <laughs> uh, come on, come on, come on. There we go. I want to see if these ports were in North America. They were. Okay. Tante um, Jinjui Saburo DS was retitled and released in North America by Axis Games as Jake Hunter Detective Chronicles. So there you go. Um, The game was re-released on May 26, 2009 as Jake Hunter Detective Story Memories of the Past. It contains uh, the first three cases, and the first three cases... um, Well, the first... uh, Case 1 and 2 were on the disk system. Uh, Case 3... or Sorry, Case 1 and 3. Case 2... Was on the, um, uh, the Famicom. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, oh, actually, there's a, there's one more too. There's a fourth one. Uh, so basically, the cases that are in there is Pretty Murder of a Fragile Heart, Seaside City Conspiracy, Crash and Burn Parts 1 and 2, and as time goes by. And it's all of the Famicom disc systems and Famicom ones. So, um, they weren't very well received. But I hear they're actually pretty cool to play, so um might be worth checking out if you can get them on the cheap. Mm. Um, it was a big deal when they got fan translated, so. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, next up, this was oh, developed that... by uh, Dynamics, but it was uh, published by Data East, <laughs> and who can't not talk about caveman games? I mean, uh... am I right? Most known in America for the NES but this was on all the microcomputers as well.
2: Yeah. Oh gosh. The Game best of games. Olympic games
1: ever. There was stuff like
2: throw your wife. Throw your <laughs> wife. That was the brain <laughs> toss or whatever the hammer
1: toss. Uh there was beating people up on top of like a a, a plateau which was kind of like joust. Um didn't you race saber toothed cats or something? Oh, it was um... a terrible game, but it was so quirky and fun. <laughs> it's well worth checking out. Yeah, and watch it is. some it's... gameplay. Maybe if you see it on the cheap, and it will be on the cheap, uh, out at your local retailer, maybe pick it up and add it to your collection. It's got a beautiful yellow label. Um, but yeah, what a what a fucking terrible, wonderful game all at once.
2: I had, like a vault the T Rex as well, or something weird.
1: <laughs> it did. That was the high jump. I do remember that now. And he'd like snap up at you. Yeah. Uh, I always got, yeah. always got eaten. Always got eaten. But uh, anyway, um, I want to talk about this very briefly. There was a mm-hmm. game that was... This game is completely indicative of the Nintendo era. It was called Werewolf, The Last Warrior. And uh, it was made by SAS Sakata, um, but it was released by Data East. It On the cover, it shows a werewolf with blades for hands... Cutting through your cartridge, it's also on the label of the cartridge, with the chips underneath exposed, and you are a wall-climbing werewolf that is out to kill people in an action platformer. And the game was terrible. (laughs) It was impossible and terrible. Um, It was horrible. And I I think there's a spot early on where you get stuck. So, um... By the way, for those of you just joining us, VGO is not on tonight, but we're not going to go too much later. But uh, anyway, mm. did
2: you ever play Werewolf? No, I didn't. I've never even heard of this game before. Yeah,
1: well, it was, it was only released on the NES in Europe in 91, so there's probably a very good reason you've never heard of this game. Mm. Um, but you might want to check it out. Yeah. Uh, it's worth seeing how terrible it is. I don't even think I would recommend somebody buying it, though.
0: Mm.
1: All right, now, Derek mentioned this, and I have to mention it myself. Sly Spy, Spy. better known as Secret Agent in Japan. This was an arcade game that is on the Data East collection on the Wii. Uh, Now, are you familiar with Sly Spy?
2: Again, no, this was one that's certainly... Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's even better graphics um, Mm -hmm. than Bad Dudes, and it is Bad Dudes. It's two levels, up and down. (laughs) You (laughs) Uh, You could shoot people, though. You could whip out a gun and shoot people, and there was the Golden Gun. And the Golden Gun lasted forever and had tons of ammo and made you like fucking invincible. And it really did became, become like Shinobi then. Mm. Uh, it's a very fun game. Again, there's not much more to say about it, but it's a very, very fun game. I definitely recommend people checking it out. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, and then, uh, another arcade game that, uh, this is why we emulate kids because it came out, but it was only in Japan and it wasn't very popular. Um, which is uh, Eduardo Randi, or The Cliffhanger Edward Randi, uh, which was a 1990 developed and released um, uh, uh, side-scrolling game in the arcades. And it's an action platformer, uh, to be honest with you, but it, it has gorgeous graphics, and it does some really cool, like, not parallax scrolling, like, uh, it was the one where, like, the... They didn't get chunky. Like, it would, it would re, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but as the, the screen would rotate and do various different effects, um, it would adjust so that, uh, unlike in the Nintendo where it blow up to really pixelated graphics, uh, they would keep the resolution. Mm. Uh, did a lot of technical tricks. It's an amazing game. This is why you have MAME. It is called The Cliffhanger Edward Randy. Go play it. It's phenomenal. Kind of has an Indiana Jones vibe, has lots of explosions, needs two buttons and an eight way if you have a MAME cab. Go check it out. Mm. So, um, all right. Jam's like, let's talk about something I know.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Let's talk about Bloody Wolf. Why not? Wait, wait, do you I mean Battle Rangers?
1: <laughs> yes, I do mean <laughs> Battle Rangers. Uh, and, um, again, uh, I don't know what's really going on here, but if you guys look in the chat, um, clearly, um, Bloody Wolf and Contra were competing for the biggest, yeah. uh, Stallone, uh, Schwarzenegger ripoffs. Um, uh, whereas the game has more of an, is- I-, I say an isometric, uh, isometric, yeah. uh, Metal Gear look like the original Metal Gears. Uh, it was arcade in 88, mm. uh, then came out, uh, for PC Engine in 89 and TG 16 and 90. It is on the Wii Virtual Console, so there, there should be no problem getting it um did you did you play this one
2: yeah yeah it's interesting this one i thought yeah yeah Um, it's yeah i thought it was a good description There, it's like it has that kind of metal gear view to it um that definitely it definitely feels like that it it kind of felt a bit a bit off though because i don't know this when you when you play it i mean i enjoyed the game but the kind of like i guess where the characters are positioned just doesn't feel quite right um yes it's a bad camera yeah, because basically a good example of this is like some enemies would be on like rooftops um, and it just – but you could easily sort of shoot them from well, – they'll be like on, the, say, the top of a van or something like that and you're on the you're on the ground floor and you could sort of easily shoot them from down there when you're not like raising your gun or anything like that. It just sort of – it didn't seem this sort of concept of um, I guess sort of – well, levels really.
1: Yes, yes. And it did um, – <laughs> if you've played the game – you think it's over at level five, and it's it's not. It it and it gets it gets pretty rough and bad after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was mostly melee combat early on, and then you started getting weapons in it. Um, it was bloody. I remember it was bloody. You get the spreader gun. <laughs> you do get the spread gun. In fact, <laughs> yes. screw it. This is Contra. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a blatant Contra ripoff. Um, developed by Data East, so you knew it was good. But, uh, anyway, um, Bloody Wolf is definitely worth checking out, uh, um, again, whether it be emulation or, um, virtual console or whatnot. Um, all right, well, let's bring it full circle to Two Crude Dudes. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever played Two Crude Dudes on the Mega Drive? Yes, <laughs> definitely. And it's called Crude Dudes in America. Um, dudes. just straight up Crude Dudes. Um, but, uh. But uh, the game was a success, or uh, yeah, successor to uh, to Bad Dudes. Uh-huh. Um, but it was more of a brawler. It was more of a 3D, um, you know, Z-axis brawler mm. through and through. A lot of people say it was Streets of Rage
2: before Streets of Rage. Yeah, it's still on 2D plane and everything. But was it? Yeah. I thought it had a Z-axis. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it
1: is just side-scrolling. You're right. Yeah,
2: yeah. I remember but I think the, they um... had
1: like uh, you, you. They took more hits.
2: Yeah yeah you you had to it's all it was very much melee and you could pick people up and stuff and you know throw them and definitely be a bit more interactive with the um with the enemies this time unlike mm-hmm. um, dudes, where you're just like you just hit them once and then they just died that's it Yeah right everybody dies from hitting bad <laughs> dudes which is funny because the the protagonists you play in this look a lot more badass than the protagonists from Bad Dudes. Oh, they certainly did. the The guys in Bad Dudes
1: thought they were cool. The guys in Two Crude Dudes may have thought they were cool, but they were too busy kicking ass to care. <laughs> yeah, they've
2: got like their shirts open and everything, and the sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: They have headbands, though, uh, so they're yeah. still not like that great. But uh, anyway. Um, anything else you want to say about Two Crude Dudes?
2: No, I forget. Well, especially if I saw 16-bit era. Otherwise, it's a pretty fun game. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, it
1: really is. It's worth going back to. I
2: think it's on Virtual Console.
1: Oh, I'm not too sure. Sh- mm, yeah. Maybe not. But uh, anyway. Um, well, getting on to something I've actually played. Uh, <laughs> I believe. Uh, well, no, and I've played a lot of these, but something I've actually played on video was I think it was either Poopfoot nineteen eighty one or Beardy McWhiskey asked me to play Joe and Mac for one of the retro oh, yeah. game nights way back when. And Joe and Mac, aka Caveman Ninjas, was done by <laughs> Data East. Um, yeah. did ca- it did come out in the in the arcades, but it was probably most notable for its SNES port. Mm-hmm. The game is a whopping 40 minutes long, and I almost beat it in the uh, gameplay video I do. Um, and that's a perfect example of a game that's not great. Uh, it's kind of a scrolling platformer. Um, definitely borrows a little bit from the two-level gameplay style of bad dudes and whatnot. Um, but it's got gorgeous cartoon graphics. <laughs> um, wouldn't you agree? Like I-, I thought it had really good graphics
2: yeah no i'll oh, definitely colorful vibrant and uh, yeah the sprites <laughs> do really good too um
1: <laughs> but uh it was a fun game got, i don't know uh what were you gonna say
2: yeah I, I i remember i actually played the arcade version of this which was it, it was the snes version is a very good pause of that um yeah, i hear
1: it's pretty spot on actually yeah
2: yeah it really is if not if not feels kind of a bit if, if not better in a way um but the, did this get an arcade sequel, or am I thinking? Is this just? Is it? I know it got lots of sequels on the it, SNES. It did.
1: Um, let me just make sure that that was on the arcade. Um, well, Congo's Caper was on just the SNES. Mm.
2: Um,
1: actually, no. I think they all were on the SNES only. Oh, ah, probably made more money than the arcade did. Um, yeah.
2: Definitely. But
1: yeah, Congo's Caper is the second game. Uh, it was uh, Tatake Genshin, uh, Genshijin, sorry, 2, uh, which is why we know it's Joe and Mac 2, basically, or Caveman Ninjas 2. And then uh, there was Lost in Tropics, which is Joe and Mac 2. And that one kind of started to emulate um, Adventure Island and uh, Wonder Boy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently there was, uh, oh, the arcade sequel. Was Joe and Mac Returns eschewed a scrolling action of the arcade games in favor of gameplay similar to the Data East series Tumble Pop. So there you go. So there is Joe and Mac Returns. Mm-hmm. But I've never played it. Maybe it's on MAME. <laughs> uh, my MAME cab is a little down and out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, like I said, Joe and Mac's cool. It's, it's one of those games where if you were a launch uh, owner of a SNES, you definitely had this game. Yeah um so um anyway and then we get into fighters this is kind of the nearing the end of their reign but some of their more interesting games mm-hmm. so first off there's tattoo assassins um that came out on the arcade we talked about it already on the unreleased one pardon my daughter's yawn um but uh but yeah the uh tattoo assassins was cool it was a mortal rip ripoff you can definitely check it out on last week's episode it's crazy and it never
2: did come out oh um, god yeah the, the footage <laughs> of it is funny though like it had nudalities and weird stuff in this game yep and it was written by uh
1: what's his face I, uh who wrote uh, back to the future so you could drop a uh you could drop a delorean um but uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway and then there was fighters history oh fighters history you're familiar with fighters history or no
2: um i think it might be i'm just gonna quickly this is known as it. like the street fighter ripoff yeah, probably. That's an alert. <laughs> and,
1: uh... It was a flat-out cartoony one-on-one. Oh E-R-T-O yeah, thing. yeah. I
2: remember. I remember this. <laughs> and, uh,
1: there were characters with dragon punches. Guys who looked like Ken and Ryu. It was a ripoff of uh, Street yeah. Fighter. However, it was in fact so much of a ripoff that Capcom sued um, Data East.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And Data uh, Data East argued that. Uh, they came up with street fighting genre because of, data, uh, because of uh, uh, Karate Champ, and uh, the judge agreed. So oh, wow. So they were able to... That's why Fighter's History still exists. It's available on, um, on the Virtual Console. Um, and it's, it's most notable is that it's got ridiculous combos, almost rivaling Killer Instinct's Infinites. So, wow. <laughs> uh, it was Street Fighter with Combos before Street Fighter with Combos. For those that are into that type of game, it's fantastic. Um, we should also point out that the sequel is called, uh, Karnov's Revenge, uh, which is fantastic as well, but it was a street fighting game. So, uh, that's how Karnov stays alive. <laughs> uh, he also stays alive, I can't believe I missed it, it was Chelnov Atomic Runner. Did you
2: play this on the Mega Drive? Atomic Runner? Mm-hmm. I th- might have done. It's um... a
1: constantly scrolling game, so you constantly have to run to the right at different speeds and take out enemies and stuff like that. It's really hard... It's kind of mm. cool, but I think it sounds cooler than it is. It is on Virtual Console. It's very easy to find. It was a Mega Drive Genesis game. was on the arcades as well. Graphically, it wasn't very good. It was very kind of counter to everything Karnov was. Um, no, I, I didn't really play this one. Though. I don't even really mm. see the connection other than Data East made them both. But uh, yeah. if you're interested, you can check out some some video of it. Uh, probably the most notable game, especially if you're a Giant Bomb fan, is Windjammers was another fantastic Neo Geo game they made. Now, are you familiar with Windjammers?
2: I'm not actually familiar with this one. This This is is why you
1: own a fucking Neo Geo, or a man cab. Windjammers looks so basic and boring when you look at it, and what it is, is it's the dive kick of Pong. Um, there's really... What? What? I was going to say, is, that, is it like dodgeball or something? Or? <laughs> no, it's, uh, there's, there's two areas that are like scoring goals, like Pong. Mm-hmm. You are whipping Frisbees at each other. Um, but there's like super moves and stuff. I don't think you can move in Wind jammers. Again, it's very dive kick. But there are like mm-hmm. super moves and ways you can like outsmart your opponent to try to get the disc past them. And once you sit down and actually start playing this, especially with another person, uh, just kiss the night goodbye. It's like turning on a Mario <laughs> Kart game. It just goes. It looks and awesome. It's, it's, it really is. And it had that <laughs> awesome polish you get from those big, chunky Neo Geo sprites. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, we've got this concept that could be 8KB, but we have to turn it into a 128-meg game. How do we do it? jammers, my friend, is how you do it. Um, uh, yeah, some people liken it to Super Dodgeball. It definitely has that Kunio-kun feel to it. Um, and Xenocore did chime in to say, uh, you know, Chelnov has awesome music. That's a good point. Um, and he said he rented it and beat it in a day, but it took me all day, which is saying a lot for those types of games. Chelnov is beatable, but it's definitely challenging. But yeah, Windjammers is amazing. It's super expensive. It's like three hundred bucks or something. So you are definitely going to have to. Um, you're definitely going to have to emulate this one. I mean, I I don't feel guilty saying it. Yeah. Um, so next up, did you ever play Panic or Switch?
2: It's weird because um, it says, obviously, Switch was the Japanese version. But I, I seem to remember the Switch term more than the Panic part. Well, I just put the- Switch as the Japanese
1: version. Who knows? <laughs> Wikipedia is terrible. And again, I don't know this game through Wikipedia. I looked up what it was called in Japan on Wikipedia. Um, it's usually wrong. So, yeah, well- yeah. So I wouldn't think worry about that. But anyway... Uh, it might be called Switch outside of America, but this was Y'all a game. Are, yeah. This was a Sega released game that got mm-hmm. ported thanks to Data East, and it was uh, it was not a very good game, but it's a very charming uh. game. And in retrospect,ive it's fun to play with. Um, you played as um, what is it? The kid Slap and his dog Stick, <laughs> and you basically played with. Uh, it was like a game of memory. You basically pushed buttons, saw what they did. And then had to do them in the right order and solve quote unquote puzzles, but they weren't really puzzles. Um, the reason the game gets hated on is there were many areas where by clicking a button you would go back like three levels or something and had to rebeat them and stuff. but if you know how to get through it with your plenty of walkthroughs there's that and then I'm sure somebody has edited together a video that makes this very cool. but I have it in my collection um, Panic's one of those cool games that you have for prestige when you like own it you know when you own a, a Sega or mega CD is what I mean uh-huh. So, uh, there's Magical Drop, we talked about, and then released <laughs> Ghost Lop, which is the spiritual successor, which was supposed to do some new stuff, but since I don't really care for Magical Drop, I, there's not much to talk about.
2: Nah. It's just, well, it's Puzzle Bubble, already. Um, yeah. Puzzle Buster Move. And then <laughs> are you the
1: one who put this on here?
2: Yep. Okay, <laughs> so, yes, because it's very much worth noting
1: that, and I apologize for the background noise, um, that, uh, they are the publishers, but not the developers of, uh, of, um... Shadow the Run. Uh, Shadow Run on the SNES, which I think has more praise, but the Shadow Run on the NES, SNES and Genesis are very different games. On the SNES, it's a point-and-click adventure, and on the NES or on the Genesis Mega Drive, it's like an action isometric shooter.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not the same as the SNES port. Uh, the, yeah, the they're Meg both Rubble.
1: liked in their own regard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So, anyway, um, and then they have their their arcade classics. And that's mm-hmm. about it. Um, uh, you know, unless there's anything else you can think of.
2: Nah, no, but I think I mean I know um I know you saw one mention the Shadowrun one. That was all the way back uh, okay. back a bit.
1: Yeah, and Shadowrun is very is very good. Yeah, sorry, it's back from like the early '90s, but it's a it's a fantastic game. Yeah. So um, I've never played through it, but I've played part of it. Mm. Um, I never really wanted to sit down and give it the time. Also, I've talked about them a couple of times. But believe it or not, watch out for Fireballs if you don't want to play these games and just want to get to know them. They did mm-hmm. an awesome two-hour show on both the Genesis and the SNES version. They did the Genesis oh. first and then went back to the SNES version. Um, so i got to give Gary and Cole credit. Uh, they did great versions of that. And since like their third game, their, like, their third episode was tackling the Genesis, which is the harder version, i got to give them credit.
2: Mm. yeah absolutely uh but anyway um all right so do you want want to to talk about data west or
1: yeah let's let's wrap up with data west unless there's anything else you want to say about data east before i move on no no, no, i'm good all right all right well here we go and hi normie (laughs) (laughs) because we're trying to wrap up um Oh, yeah, Guard is mentioning that Shadowrun is based off of a tabletop RPG. He is completely right. And yes. I've always been tempted to start playing it. Like, I have a bunch of friends around. Well, I have a bunch. I have two <laughs> friends around here who want to start playing <laughs> D&D. And I was like, you know, guys, let's start playing Shadowrun. So yeah. you guys tell me in the chat, if I were to ever start playing Shadowrun, would you want me to record those sessions and put them on there? Is that something that you think would interest you? I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, again on watch out for fireballs, Gary and Cole put up a 3 hour uh dungeon uh, Dungeons and Dragons quest they recently did. And it was pretty cool. Um Shadow Run though is is very interesting and different. Um but uh, anyway. And yeah, of course there's Shadowrun Returns uh which is a strategy RPG uh very much like for Axis' uh, yeah, XCOM yeah. that is on uh on PC and I did buy it. I, I actually uh um kickstarted it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, and of course, like, like every other game, I've not played it yet, but I will play it yeah it yet, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, that's Data East in a nutshell, um, and kind of like guard, we kind of said it jokingly, but we, he, I kind of said it jokingly, he was serious, it is kind of a poor man's Hudson, and you can kind of see why, especially with stuff like Joe and Mac.
2: And, uh, magical drop.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having said that, I do like what they, they've offered. Yeah and i don't think uh sorry i don't think the gaming world would be the same without some of their more pivotal stuff that is a little unique and and by that i definitely mean um you know they kind of started the trends with karate Ch- champ and bad yeah, dudes yeah. and stuff like that but uh there are a few games that are similar to bump and jump karnov even to a certain extent robocop and definitely mm. wind jammers like these are games you wouldn't have elsewhere um and I don't even know where people stand on the Magical Drop versus Puyo Puyo, what came first thing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to get involved. <laughs> no. but... Guys are the same game and they're not that good. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Well, real quick, we will talk about Data West. So, um, okay. It looks like people may listen. But, uh, <laughs> but I would love to play it. Oh, you know Shadow runs available on, like, I can download the PDFs tomorrow so I can play for free. And I have enough dice sets over here to be able to play it. But anyway... So, Data West. And actually, on that note, what? Dungeons & Dragons not dated? Yeah, I fucking... Yeah, okay. Uh, Uh, (laughs) So, anyway. uh, All right. So, Data West. Most of this that's known is thanks to the shutdown uh, shutdown of site insert credit, which recently came back by Brandon Sheffield. I do feel that some of his articles were lost, though, in his archiving. Um, Anyway... Uh, so they were, as previously mentioned, they were in Osaka instead of Tokyo. Uh, there's no true connection to the companies or ownership. They were established after Data East in 1984. Uh, they did do their first game was a microcomputer game called Fourth Unit. I should point out, Jam, I believe uh, Japanese microcomputers. So while yeah. you guys had the same ones, much like Metal Gear, you never got a port, so you never really knew they existed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but this was a point-and-click adventure like Gunbuster uh, from Data West. So there you go. Uh, Gunbuster, I believe, is an anime series, but it was made into a series of games as well. Um, Fortengard, feel free to let me know about that stuff. Um, next up, what it's probably most known for, or some of it's most notable, is the Ray Zanber series. Are you familiar with these at all? This is some heavy, deep shmup territory.
2: Um, not this one. These oh, are yeah, horizontal put...
1: schmups. They're, they're like Gradius style schmups. Um, mm. for the, oh, it, for the first it, one yeah. was released for the FM Town series.
2: <laughs> blimey, no, no blimey. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and it
1: probably ran like dog shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. with no real scrolling. Uh, two and three are on the PC Engine, and these are heavily recommended, um, uh, uh, emulation suggestions. I do not believe they ever went to PSN in Japan or Virtual Console, though. So those are going to be uh, reserved only for emulation. Um, It's a one-life shooter, hands down. It's an Mm -hmm. R-type. But it's very cool. For shmup people, it's very cool. Um, Okay, it was a 12-episode OVA. There you go. Um, But uh, next up is... uh, A game almost nobody knows about, and it's hilarious because Giant Bomb thinks it's a shooter. (laughs) Um, Wikipedia doesn't know it exists, and uh, I read an entire write-up that is completely wrong about what this game is. This guy's talking about it like gospel, and he has no fucking clue. You know who does know, though? Uh, Who does know is Brandon Sheffield, who has played this game. Also, Kurt Collada of uh, Hardcore Gaming 101 knows a thing or two about this game. And that is nothing other, th- none other than... Uh, I should probably tell you how to spell these because these are hard to spell. Ray yeah. Zanber is R-A-Y-X-A-N-B-E-R when you're looking <laughs> it up. I bet you wouldn't have spelled it that way. Uh, next up is Gulclite TDF2, and this is the one I'm talking about. That is spelled G U L C. L-I, I I misspelled it here, G-H-T. Like light. Gulk light. TDF2. It is a (laughs) strategy RPG for the PC engine CD. Good luck with that. But if you know how to read um, stuff like that, you definitely can. Um, But but, uh, anyway, I hear it's really good. Uh, It's early strategy RPG, circa 1992. Um, But... You know, there are a lot of games kind of like that. I'm trying to remember some of those 3DO. Hold on real quick. I feel justified in looking this up because I wanted to. Um, Mm -hmm. There were some 3DO games. And I want to say Cannon Fodder, but it's not Cannon Fodder. Cannon Fodder is not the game game you're looking for. Um, (laughs) Where is it? Oh, my God. BC Racers came out on the 3DO as well. Get the fuck (laughs) out of here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> did you see
1: the bc racers thing i did somebody yeah, wrote yeah. like you don't know how to use the the, the boost and it's driving me nuts <laughs> this is why i should never be trusted to play games like that um god where is it it's a very well-known game oh, i'm sorry guys this makes for sorry. really good radio let's see here when oh, i get yeah, it too you guys are gonna be like oh seriously you didn't remember that
2: uh no, it's not a it's not anyway. It's very good.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I know we're good on time, but I don't want to waste all the time just staring. Uh, anyway, I should have looked up the uh, Syndicate. Oh, it was very similar to Syndicate, um, That's to a get. certain extent. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just those strategy RPGs, um, in the isometric views. XCOM maybe original XCOM, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, um. Oh, do I really want to play the PlayStation XCOM? No, no, I don't. It's fucking (laughs) terrible. It's a horrible way to play it. Maybe maybe you can talk me into playing my Jaguar copy of Syndicate, though. (laughs) Anyway, uh, they made the best game on the laser active, but nobody's ever played it before. It's called Vajra, Vajra, which (laughs) you won't know how to spell either, which is V-A-J-R-A. I have no clue how you're going to emulate. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think Vajra is on Daphne. Do you know what Daphne is? Uh, no. D-A-P-H-N-E, spelled after, what is it? Princess Daphne on Dragon's Lair? It is a laser disc emulator that
2: emulates all of of the
1: arcades. And I think Vajra was made into an arcade game, which means you can play it on Daphne. I don't know for Hmm. sure, but you emulation guys have at it.
2: Is that like Cobra Command?
1: That was a... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Which we are... Uh, yeah, wait. I forgot about
1: that one. But anyway, Vajra's <laughs> supposed to be really good. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah. Feel free to go check that out. Another one that probably only and Guard's going to respect or understand. Uh, Cutie Honey. Do you know Cutie Honey? The property? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? Oh, come on. All right. They were an anime series. It was kind of sexy. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, you know, there, there might have been some boos and butts in it. I can't remember. Uh, y- you get really desensitized to nudity when you start watching oh, God. Uh, <laughs> anime. Um, because it's not that big a deal. Like, it's not for titillation as much as it's just their adult concepts onto a cartoon setting. Uh, but it was on the PCFX <laughs> in this continuing trend of game systems you'll yeah. never own. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure. Uh, it was called Cutie Honey FX. This was a port from PC from regular PC gaming, so you could probably find, uh, you know, a DOS box version of it or something. It's point and click adventure, but when you would get into battles, it was like a button mashing game using one, two, and three on the PC FX controller. Um, there was a Japanese only game, which I'm told is awesome. I don't know if there's a fan translation, but if there is, that would be awesome. It's an action RPG, so, you know, kind of Zelda-esque, oh, wow. I'm guessing, called Brave Prove. Mm. B-R-A-V-E-P-R-O-V-E. Look it up, Japanese only, but of course emulation and, um, you know, if you have it, a mod chip will allow you to play this. This one mm. I want to check out. Yeah, this I've is heard good. very good things about Brave Proof. So hmm. I-, I honestly didn't know it existed until re-listening to, obviously, um, re-listening to um, the, uh, the, the Retronauts. Mm. and then the last one i didn't know existed uh this was actually somebody else was looking something up with me and they found this and i'm so glad i followed the link believe it or not they have an unreleased game unfortunately you cannot play it but their last game which got canceled right at the end was an unreleased ps1 game it was a top down ikari warrior style game starring anime women called bounty arms Mm -hmm. and if you uh if you Google search bounty arms and topless robot, because toplessrobot.com covered it, it's number six in their ten most amazing unreleased things ever made. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's got an awesome mechanic because instead of shooting guns, they have like these long cybernetic arms that whip around and then you can arm them with stuff like flamethrowers and stuff where like the whole arm is like a flamethrower that moves around and things like that. So it's all kind of like ranged whip type weapons in an Akari warrior style setting. And I think this would have been amazing had it come out. It It would have sold like shit, but it would have been amazing. Um, And unfortunately there is no known ROMs or anything like that. Otherwise Uh, I definitely would have been all over it. But anyway, anyway, Yogi's um, Yogi's also mentioning Dawn, uh, Gate is available now through EA Origin for free, uh, which is uh, a MOBA. And naturally, I hate MOBAs, but I totally get why people would like MOBAs. And so go check it out. Mm. Anyway, having said that, uh, that wraps it up. That's Data West. So a short-lived but very interesting profile of games. Naturally, mm. most of them never leaving uh, Japan. In fact, none of them leaving Japan. So there you go.
2: Times it was the last podcast with unreleased stuff. <laughs> yeah, but they
1: gave us Vajra, so there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. It clocking it almost two and a half hours, I do think we should call this to a close. <laughs> so anyway, we're going long. Yeah, we're, we're going long, and we're going deep, and we're going hard. So anyway, um, join us next week where we are going to kick off July old school style with Dino Crisis and Dino Woo. Crisis Two. I'm going to finally be recording the Dino Crisis Two video tonight and posting it tonight in time um, so that it doesn't override the post tomorrow of the podcast. I will also Mm -hmm. throw in the video I did of uh, Dead... uh, What is it? Super Arcade Dead Rising 3 Hyper (laughs) Remix uh, Fighting Plus Alpha Dash. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I played an hour of that and and, and streamed it on Twitch and then recorded it over to YouTube. So I will put those both up for the retro game night. But uh, anyway... Uh so we'll be doing that but you can find us at gaminghistory101.com. You can find uh where you can find links to the podcast and the YouTube site if you just look in the right side for videos and stuff like that. Um we are on Stitcher, iTunes, the whole 9 yards. We're on Podbean, various other things if you want to look us up. Uh feel free to rate us and stuff like that. We've got a uh, few ratings but uh all the ratings are very positive. Um, and if you want to help us out with stuff, we always welcome it, but it's definitely not re- required, thanks to the generous gifts of many of you out there. Um, we are going to remain ad free straight through till summer 2015, and I think we can keep it going from then. But any and all, uh, donations are appreciated on gaminghistory101.com, and you can find our writings and things like that. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Spiders Venom. Jam is at Jam Elias, and, mm-hmm. um, I also want to really quickly at the very end say welcome aboard to Alan. Uh, Alan, who was previously on the Castlevania podcast, uh, has joined our illustrious crew to start writing about things. And he's probably going to do some stuff you guys appreciate a little bit more, like uh, top fives and things like that. So um, so there is all that. So uh, definitely check it out. He's got some stuff going live, and we might have some more amazing or outstanding announcements moving forward. But anyway... <clears throat> Without further ado, I think I'm going to call it to a
2: close unless there's anything else you need to say at the back end, Jam. I was going to say, uh, thanks for Sire1 for recommending this podcast. And if anyone else wants yeah. to recommend the podcast you want us to do, let us know um, in the comments or, or PM us on Twitter. Yeah,
1: comments, PM. Um, you can go to contact at gaminghistory101.com and, and, and send us an email like people do. Um, and, and we'll definitely put it into consideration. I also should say we've got some plans coming up for the 100th episode. Technically, this episode is 96, even though we've got some extra credits in there and stuff like that, and Jam and I already have plans in place. We're going to lock yeah. those down a little bit more and probably announce them next week or the following week. We'll probably not announce them next week because the game club, but then the yeah. following week, so... Uh, July, whatever. But it's going to land on July 22nd if you listen to the live shows. Live at all games, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I highly recommend coming to that live one. There will be stuff given away. Um, and uh, and otherwise, it will be available for download on Wednesday, July the 23rd. That will be our 100th episode. But we will continue weekly episodes mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, friendly reminder also, if you're looking into what our upcoming game clubs are going to be uh, obviously Dino Crisis 1 and 2 are next week and from what jam tells me and I choose to believe this after <laughs> already beating Dino Crisis 1 you can beat both games this week no problem um, say, yeah yeah also uh uh after that it's going to be I hope I get it right is it Shadow, Shadow of back. Rome that's it For the PS2, we are going to have Trees Lounge on to join us for that. It's a PS2 game, so feel free to check that out. I hear it's hard, so get started on it now, guys. Yep. And then for our <laughs> August game club, we are going to be doing Bioshock. So get Woo! that started. The original on 360 slash <laughs> PC. Yep, yep, yep. And then uh, we're going to go to bi-monthly game clubs. And uh, we will announce that coming up. But obviously, September-October's game is going to have to be a horror game a survival horror game so i have something in mind but jam and i have to debate and and speak but if you want to recommend a a horror game of any kind for the game club no matter how new or old feel free to and we will put it under consideration so anyway without further ado we will call this to close uh (laughs) oh boy um (laughs) and i will say until next week keep gaming and peace out (laughs)
2: Take care. (laughs)